You are now, now tuned into Progressive Action Radio, the most objective show in America. Hosted by Tramel Thompson, co-hosted by Jamel Wilson, and DJ Damage is on the wheels of steel. You will never know what to expect when thoughts and wisdom unite. People. Get ready. 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 Progressive action is now live. What's going on? What's going on? I'm chilling. What's going on, cuz? Everything is good. Joe, what's up? What's up, everybody? All right. Yeah, we got it. Like I said, we're back after a week hiatus, whatever, you know. But, uh, you know, right now we wanted to get into the uh, the assault march back uh, to two weeks ago. You know, the assault march was very successful out there. You know, I wish I wish I could have been there. You know, I had you know, of course, I had you know, family issues, childcare issues, or whatever you want to call it. But basically, uh, you know, Tremel. So how do you how do you, you know that that speech that you made out there, man? That was basically I was looking at it live when I was in the morning at home. I, so I did watch out live. Well, you know, every John Cimino did a live video. Tramel did a, had a live video on his phone. You had a live video. So basically, I watched y'all marching over the bridge, and I and I and then I watched y'all when y'all got to two Broadway. And then the funny thing was, the dude that brought the coffin, <laughs> I thought it was Bismarcky for a second. But that, <laughs> that, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That dude looked like Bismarcky, right? So, but anyway, he did right? He, he did. He did. Yeah, I thought he did. He looked like Bismarcky. So anyway, the right. <laughs> the, <laughs> so basically, right when the, you know y'all standing there in front of that coffin, with uh, that Tremel made that speech. That speech felt like you know the attention and the bullhorn and everything. It really felt like some you know like some Mike Quill, Roger Tucson type of feeling. You know what I'm saying? That's right. It, 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 it really. I'm not just saying it. It really did. I was like, damn. And I don't know if he realized what he was saying. You know, but basically that coffin sent the serious message, man. Oh, man, let me tell you something. I, that, that, Tramel had already, he showed me a picture of the coffin prior to the, to the march, and I was crying when I saw that because <laughs> I, could, <laughs> I could picture what this was going to look like when it came out. And it almost, the way I pictured it is how it came out. Okay. And, and, and when I looked at everybody's face, when the coffin came out, and I'm looking at everyone standing outside Two Broadway, and you had your tourists, and you had your people that worked in there, and, and passersby, they thought we brought a body to the rally. Yeah, <laughs> then jaws hit the ground, boom. <laughs> people still asking me, was it a body in there? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But, you know, I decided to do the casket for one. It was the first of its kind with city workers, period, going against their employers like that to bring awareness and, you know, I figured it was the perfect opportunity. Usually we do a rat, you know, and, and the rat only come out during contract time. Right. And the rat is common. Yeah. So you, you and assaults are serious. And, you know, it's something that we can't take lightly. And we must continue to bring awareness to it. Like Joe said, when the casket came out, only a few people knew that I was having the casket there. And when the casket came out, people was like, oh, my God, like. What is he doing? This is serious. Our people were like that. I saw yeah. look across the street at us, and they were like, what? what? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's why I kept open. telling them. I said, it's a surprise coming. It's a surprise <laughs> coming. Just bear with me. Trust me, it's coming. And But, you know, seeing the faces at 2 Broadway, seeing, letting them see how serious it was, because to me, the air shifted. And then that's what made me vibe the way I did with the speech. You know, because the speech I said, it's not nothing new. I, I've been saying this. But I've just been saying it in pieces. But, you know, I pieced it together. And, you know, 
one of the things that I was reiterating was domestic violence. There's no difference between somebody getting beat up at their home and a woman coming to the job and getting beat up by a man. You know what I'm saying? Right. There's no, there's no main, there's no difference to me besides the relation. But a man should never beat up on a woman. And you know, it's sad that you know things have come into play recently within our own fraternity, if you ever, whatever you want to call it. And you know, it's sad that people sit there and co-sign or try to cover up, coddle, make excuses for this type of behavior. There's no excuse. For this type of behavior, especially being a man, because you have plenty of options. And one of your main options is to walk away. You know, a man shouldn't never do do things like that. You understand? And that goes on for in your home. That's to protect our, our female workers on the job. Even with the situation with, 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 with Liz, when that bothered me, with the whole Yates situation. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? This, this is a common thing here. And even if it is false, I can't see myself as much as me and my division chair don't get along. I can't see myself rushing her. You understand? And 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 if 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 when when it when I heard what happened with Liz, I was very vocal about it. You know what I'm saying? When like I said, domestic violence is a serious situation for me. I'm not. It's not nothing to grandstand on. I had women from a domestic violence group marching with us. Because I plan on taking the initiative against domestic violence and prepare for domestic violence month late um month later in the fall. You know what I'm saying? We need to bring more awareness to these issues because it's a serious thing. It's not nothing that should be covered up. It's not it's not something that our union administration should wanna protect people from. And it's not something that people should be afraid to discuss and get involved. Domestic violence is a public issue. It's not something in your household that, oh, it happens in their household. That's how they should police their household. No, because you got kids. It affects the kids. It affects other people in the household. If it affects their kids, the kids go to school and think that it's cool. The, the little boy may think it's cool to beat up on the little girl. Why? Because I seen my daddy do it. The little girl may think it's cool for a little, little boy to hit her and beat her up. Why? Because I seen my mommy go through it. You know what I mean? So it's deeper than what people saying it is. And we must take it serious. I'm not go, you know, go crazy on on the situation. You know, I um prayers to to everybody, but some people need help. And and that's just how it should work. But this this administration has proven themselves to be um in 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 harmony with these type of individuals and it, and it must stop. So I got to say about that. What's up, Joe? You know, you're 100% right. Um I have no no tolerance whatsoever for a man putting their hands on a woman. I don't I, I, I don't see that as being masculine. I don't like that kind of control. Um, that's straight up bullying. Um, you know, it causes you know mental distress for for forever. Um, when children see that, it hurts them forever. It's just there's just no excuse for it. And um, awareness is is the only way to get it out there. Correct. And 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 just to be fair. We know that there's, there's women out there that could be lying, that could stretch out the truth. And there's a lot of gray areas when it comes to um, domestic violence. But if people saying that, you know, everything on the police report isn't true, all right, that's cool. But one thing we know for a fact is that that person didn't walk away when they had the opportunity to. And sometimes walking away is your best choice 
that you can make because as a man, you would never win a war against a woman, especially when it comes to, to, to the way the system is set up against black men, especially. You know what I'm saying? You would never win that. So you must be cognizant, cognizant of that. You know what I mean? So hopefully this is a, a, a learning lesson. And then everybody, yeah. yeah. And then everybody also needs to be mindful, you know, on, on the job that basically when it comes down to domestic violence, it's serious. And if you get arrested for it, right, you know, basically, again, anything that you basically get arrested for, damn the transit, uh, the MTA is, 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 is ready to let you go no matter what. I mean, even if, it, you know, your case gets put in abeyance and then once it comes out of abeyance, you know, and, and all the charges are dropped or everything is sorted out, then basically now management's ready to fire you. They're ready to give you um, a, a stipulation or a final or whatever garbage they like to give you down the two broad plantation down the two Broadway. Yeah. You know. But when you're protected by the union, you're not worried about that. No, exactly. <laughs> you're not worried about that. But everybody's not protected by the union, though. Correct. Correct. Every, everybody <laughs> who get locked up for domestic violence need to get a, get a job in the union. Right. It seems to be protocol. It seems, yeah, basically, yeah. If you get fired for transit, get a job in the union. Yeah, it seems it seems to be protocol. Exactly. All right, cause you want to introduce our. Well, well, well hold on. Oh. I got I got something to talk about real quick. You know, basically, I don't know if people uh, was paying attention, right? Uh, John Cimino and and myself. John Cimino posted an article from the New York Times, and then I posted a a, a video from New York One where it talks about uh, it's basically concerning Governor Cuomo, and. Um, Basically, how a lot of the a lot of the riding public is tired of the New York subways, and tired of it meaning that uh, there's always things going on, delays, sick customers, um, door problems. Uh, of course, they don't say door problems. I'm saying that because of you know door problems. Uh, it's a variety of things that you know uh, uh, that slows down the service and everything. So basically, what it is is. Governor Cuomo was put on blast by the public, and basically what he did was he tried to put off his responsibility of governor being the governor and running the MTA. He tried to put it off on Mayor de Blasio and say that, uh, that the city of New York, that he doesn't control the MTA, the city of New York controls the MTA. Now, basically, one thing, you know, one thing that I got to say, right, is basically... Uh, he put that out there because he figured that, I guess, there's a group of people that just don't know. And, it, you know, basically just trying to, basically thinking that uh, the rotted public just doesn't know. But us here at Progressive Action, we know. And I'm going to put that out there, okay? Governor Cuomo, the, hold on. The MTA is run by the governor. The MTA was created in 1968, nearly 50 years ago, okay? And it was created by then Nelson by then Governor Nelson Rockefeller. Okay, so basically, when it comes to our union, TWU, when, it, when the union struck in 1966, basically we negotiated that contract with the city of New York, and it was Mayor Lindsay at the time. But after that, after the MTA was created, then the 90, jumped to the 1980 strike, basically the union negotiated with uh, Richard Ravage at the time, who was the CEO of the MTA, and then you, and then you had... Uh, I believe I believe your father was governor at the time, 1980. Is that correct, Joe? His, uh, that was like late 80s, early 90s. No, 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 no 1980. 1980 was Koch. No, no, no. Who was the governor? Oh, the governor, you carry, right? You carry. Okay, so so he was right before his father. That's right. Right, right before his father. Okay, so you carry. So basically, you know, 
He was the governor at the time in 1980. And then, of course, in 2005, you had Governor Pataki, who was, who was running the MTA. And then, you, and then Mayor Bloomberg was the, you know, the, you know, he was the mayor of the city of New York. But basically, <clears throat> what I'm saying is that the governor controls the MTA. I mean, the city of New York, the mayor, they have, you know, they have, they choose a couple of people to sit on the MTA board. Is that correct? I think the mayor has four and the governor has six, all voting members. Something like that, right? I think it's tw- it's twelve altogether, right? Right. It's twelve, right? It's twelve altogether. So basically, what I'm saying is, you know. Governor Cuomo basically tried to put off the responsibility on Mayor de Blasio. You know what I'm saying? So basically, what I'm, you know, what I want to say is, Governor Cuomo, nothing. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> What's that? Uh, oh damn! Get the fuck out of here! <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't know what that's about, Governor Cuomo. You know what I'm saying? You know, basically, us here, progressive action, we know the deal, and definitely, I know the deal. I mean, basically, if you're not in control of the MTA, then basically when we, you know, when we settled this last, you know, when we were nego- quote unquote negotiating this la- our last contract here, you stepped in and said, listen, don't give them no more than 2% raises, okay? <laughs> and then another thing is if you don't have control over the MTA, you basically bragged and boast over the extension of the Second Avenue subway, and you did the inaugural ride and everything. It was and it was taking credit for it, and basically that'll be a part of your. You know, you're gonna make that a part of your legacy. You know what I'm saying? So, and then basically that, and then finally that press conference that Governor Cuomo did down in the in the um, down in the Transit Museum, along with Pendergast and um, Veronica Hakim and and Samuelson, I believe, might have been there. You know, basically talking about the capital budget. And, and how much, what we're going to do, and they bought, they got these buses, and now they're talking about open gangway subway cars, and, uh, you know, and basically also the money that, you know, basically these people raid these funds that's supposed to go to transportation to use for other things, okay? You know, Mayor de Blasio doesn't do that, you know? Basically, y'all came to, before y'all got that capital budget, they went to Mayor de Blasio, and they called themselves trying to strong arm him for some money from the city. Now he gave you know. Now he gave it to the MTA. God knows where else it came from to support that. You know what I'm saying? But basically, what I'm saying, you know. But basically, you know, for him to say that he doesn't have control over the MTA, total bullshit. So again, Governor Cuomo, <laughs> get uh, the fuck out of here. Thank you. So yeah, introduce well, but, the guest yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you went into a rant. I don't know what the hell you was doing just, just now. <laughs> I don't. That's just how I feel about that guy. Well, yeah, man. going on about Governor Shaggy, right? It wasn't Shaggy, me. It wasn't me. It's only when it's good, it's him. When it's bad, it's not. Right. <laughs> All right. So back to progressive action, everybody. We got Mr. Joseph Campbell, as you've been hearing. What's going on, everyone? All nice right. to be back. That's right. Candidate, everybody. Candidate for. The candidate for um, the international president spot running against Samuelson, okay, if people don't know, all right, and he's also still here to division of car equipment, all right, and then also to progressive action for the first time, we have Mr. Brian Burke, who every... Hello, everybody. Is, is this on? Yeah. Thank you guys for inviting me. Thank you. Yo, y'all got to tune in live. He got the sign up yeah. on the desk, the, the classic sign that we put on the page with him. Now, um, now, if everybody doesn't know who Mr. Brian Burke is, Mr. Brian Burke, real quick, is on Facebook and in the groups. His Facebook name is End the Taylor Law, and he's uh, and he's been to all three of the rallies. He's been to the uh, the he, he came to the Cleaners rally. He came to the uh, the second rally. 
And then he came, came to, this, to the Do Nothing he, rally. He came to the Do Nothing rally. And then he came to this rally here, the um, assault march. So basically, how you feeling tonight, Mr. Burke? Well, I got a little wet coming here, but I, you know, I very much appreciate the opportunity to, to speak to the Progressive Action members. I, I just wanted to mention that I was assaulted, uh, and I appreciate you guys having the march. I was, of course, 100% in favor of it, uh, except I was uh, assaulted by management. So it's maybe something we We go get into that, because yeah. I'm interested to hear about that. Yeah, we're going to get into that. Now, basically, what I want everybody to know is, who you know, you know, just you know who you are. Basically, you know what your job title is, or what it was, or um, and and what's your status now, and how long you've been on the job. Um, yeah, I was hired in uh, February 2001 uh, as a train operator, and I am wearing a uh, train operator shirt. I do want maybe should show. I did uh, move, remove the MTA patch because I was uh, medically reclassified to station agent. And I was injured um, by management again in 2015. Uh, they defamed me in the New York Post to such an extent that it caused uh, an injury, uh, and then I've been out. Uh, and I've been uh, substantiated by the independent medical examiner and uh, doctors and so on. And um, in fact, they just pay, paid me uh, this week uh, for the first time after two years uh, some workers' comp. But I want, of course, go over some of the issues of workers' comp, of both the management's doing in not paying yeah. members who are injured, including myself, who was injured intentionally by management. Uh, but certainly a lot of people are just injured negligently by management. Yeah. Uh, but there's some issues with the workers' compensation law itself um, I was hoping to go into. But I also discovered uh, a law, uh, labor law uh, 190, uh, because transit uh, also uh, just stopped paying me, <laughs> if you could believe it. Uh, it's criminal activity uh, of the highest order, racketeering. It's uh, wa uh, wage fraud, rage fraud, um, uh, wire fraud, and, and mail fraud. So after two years, you just got your first check last week? This week, yes. This week. Yes. Now, how did what, what, tell us about this injury? Well, I was injured the first time, um, actually, in 2014 uh, when I was a train operator. I uh, had some litigation. I, you know, you can perhaps tell from the, my, the name of my uh, Facebook uh, name and the Taylor Law. I was the one that fought the Taylor Law to the Supreme Court, and I did show. I gave to Progressive Action a copy of the. A petition for writ of certiorari that I did in the Supreme Court. Uh, the union originally supported the case, and uh, I believe an individual, a specific retiree, uh, contacted the uh, international, and the international ordered the union, when the case was in the Supreme Court, uh, to uh, not support the case. So basically, I was attempting to throw out the tail of the law all by myself. And how far did you get with this? I got to the Supreme Court. They did not accept, like they do in most cases, they did not accept the petition for writ of certiorari. And I lost in the Second Circuit on a technicality. Um, and I lost in the, in the district court in the, in the uh, Southern District of New York uh, based on precedent. That's what they said. Um, I did have a, I had a law professor from, um, a Professor Pope from uh, Rutgers who was helping me. He actually wrote a definitive article, uh, you could see on his website if you look him up, a uh, hundred page, uh, he's, you know, obviously a law professor, Yeah. hundred page article on how to, uh, the, the banning the right to strike violates the 13th Amendment. 
And I wouldn't mind going in on what's that. What's the, what's the 13th Amendment? Well, if you guys, everyone should know, 13th Amendment was the law that, you know, many people believe it ended slavery in the United States. Okay. Uh, when you read the law, there's an excellent, um, uh, or the, the amendment, there's an excellent uh, uh, movie that came out, a documentary that came out last year, I believe it might have won an Oscar uh, by this uh, young lady uh, called The 13th, which explains that, in fact, if you read the amendment, it didn't end slavery in the United States, which is legal to, in the United States today if you're committed a, a guilty of a crime. Correct. Yeah, and matter of fact, that uh, that documentary is on Netflix. So my 13th, Excellent. the, the, the 13th, jail, the jail, I, the jail highly, documentary. I highly documentary. recommend yeah. it, along with another... Uh, Excellent uh, movie which came out last year uh, about Nat Turner, which is you might see my picture. I use his picture as uh, my picture. <laughs> uh, he's a great hero. I think we should actually have a holiday for him. Nat Turner. Also, I believe we should have a holiday for uh, John Brown and Dred Scott and so on and many other uh, civil rights leaders of the 19th century. Uh, but. Um, yeah, so I didn't. I, I maybe I apologize for jumping around from one topic to another. There were so many topics I did want to cover. Uh, in uh, you know, we, we only have two hours here, so I'll try. He said we only got two hours. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, uh, yeah, I guess. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Where I was saying what happened to my injury. Uh, yeah. Uh, in so in 2014, uh, I, I guess it was a mistake. I am a whistleblower, and I just and I do kind of want to warn the members about being a whistleblower. That's one probably the main reason I'm here. That, you family men and women and people with mortgages and so on, obviously to go literally years without an income. I, I don't know how many people, I couldn't do it, but I could, I guess I, I had to go on unemployment, uh, you know, uh, Medicaid and so on. Uh, and, but uh, I guess I made it through, hopefully. But they, they owe me, well, you know, obviously in the six figures. Uh, but, you know, this is criminal activity. They, um, as I said, 2014, I was operating train. I, I mistakenly turned to his attorney at a per uh, discussion and, and said that the, the, the perjury, which I recorded someone harassing me at work, kind of petty harassment, but it was definitely harassment over a period of time. And this person per, uh, perjured himself in an affidavit. And the thing was, they were going to throw this guy under the bus, which maybe he deserved it, maybe he didn't. The problem was he didn't have an attorney, and this woman pretended to be his attorney who works for transit, mm -hmm. which just as a human being, I thought, you know, this guy, even if he was screwing me, he has rights, you know what I mean? And I just turned to her and I said, are you his attorney? Simple question. She couldn't answer it. And uh, I realized that she suborned him into the perjury, that really she was operating against his interests to, to win the case. And when I mentioned that to her, I didn't say her. I said I thought her, the perjury was suborned. <coughs> the very next day, I was operating trains. I have a perfect, I had uh, 13 years in title at that time, a perfect, uh, no discipline free, no safe, you know, no dance. Uh, they attacked me while I was operating trains, uh, actually over two days. Uh, five different uh, TSSs kept getting into my train, standing next to me, literally assaulting me, interfering with my, uh, you know, operation and so on. Why you ain't asked them to step out your cab? Uh, well, I, I basically, at some point, I kept asking him, you know, I was asking him to stop. I said, this is harassment. I said, this is, you're, you're endangering the, you know, the public. But they would stop, and then they would get off, and then another one would come up. And what happened was, I thought they would just stop, because what happened was, uh, years before, someone, this TSS used to do that to me. But he would only do it about once a month, and he was actually my TSS. These people, I didn't even know them. And, and, he, and I guess I try to explain, you know, what, what even going back, because sometimes it creates 
return of symptoms. Uh, if you never know about the, the about the the, the 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 I guess it's almost a, a myth of, or maybe it's true about a, a a frog. If you put him in a pot and you heat up the water slowly, the the frog will boil. But if you throw him into a boiling pot, they realize, you know, it's too hot and they jump out. And I think this is what happened to me. They 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 turned up the the harassment. And my, finally, the last person literally uh, he was literally slamming me like a hockey. A guy, uh, you know, at, at 205th Street, and and after that, I did have a panic attack, uh, and this, you know, this was for t two days of, of this of this dangerous harassment. Well, a train's full of passengers. Yeah. And um, I think what they were trying to do, related to the assault march uh, last week, is they were trying to get me to defend myself. Yeah. And I think probably a lot of people would have done it, and maybe if something was different, maybe I would have done it. But obviously, you're, if you're operating a train, I, I get, you know, there's no. There's a bus, you know, bus operator. I know maybe you, Jamel, might become a train operator. You have to have two. You know, you basically are in the most vulnerable possible position anyway. And the thing, someone's elbowing you, or and uh, threatening you at the same time, pushing you and so on while you're operating a train. You know, you wonder if they're doing it on purpose or by accidentally. And um, you know, obviously, I realized what they were doing at some point, but. Um, it just became too dangerous, uh, of course, really, for me to do my job. I wrote a letter to the inspector general. They, uh, they told me they don't, you know, basically investigate management. You know, they work for management to, of course, a, hey, what's up? they work for management uh, to, to, you know, for us, you know, we mentioned the 13th Amendment, us uh, indentured servants, slaves, whatever, however, you, you know, what you want, you want to look at us. I, I discovered that in this law, <laughs> sorry to jump from one to the other, uh, Labor Law 190, uh, that uh, a government agency is not an employer. That if they defraud you, from, they just stop paying you, you do not have a cause of action in court under labor law, and especially Labor Law 190. Because a government employer is not an employer. We apparently have some rights under the contract, and I guess for the union can, can always ask you know, that we get paid. But there, we don't have a right ourselves to bring a separate action as we would with a private employer. This is an outrageous law. This is a violation not of the 13th Amendment, but the 14th Amendment, which is the Equal Protection Clause under the United States Constitution. All right, hold on one second. I ain't know he was coming. I didn't know either. It's my boy, my boy Jay Will Hollers in the building. <laughs> I mean, I can remove the sign. Is it? Maybe put it up here. Is that you can put it up there, yeah, it's cool. What's going on, bro? Just hold, hold the mic for a second. What's going on, man? It's a last minute surprise. Um, I figured let me come out here and show support. Uh, and first things first is uh, say sorry to you guys for not walking through with you guys for the assault march. Um, I mean, I did show up briefly, but uh, I didn't make the movement fully. And uh, for me to you guys, I apologize for that. No but problem. There's always support no matter 100% whether far and near, so. I'm always here regardless. We appreciate that, bro. Oh, yeah, definitely. So basically just tell every you know, your Facebook name is J. Will Holler, but tell everybody, you know, you know, your full government and, you know, your job title and Oh, we're doing all that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. That's because yeah, that's what we do here. <laughs> Especially you wanna do wanna run for um an e board spot. They ain't gonna vote for J. Will Holler, right? You gotta yeah. get you got people familiar, you gotta get people familiar <laughs> with you. <laughs> Well, uh, first things first, Jonathan Baldwin, Flatbush bus operator. I've been there for about two years now. Um, you know, just 
I'm here to basically do what we all try and do, make things better for the long run, you know. Basically work for the future, not for the present mostly. Yo, where was your depot at for the march, man? Man, listen. You know, Monique Cruz. She's the rider. She's the rider, 100%. Mm -hmm. And um, she was like, yo, you going, you going, you going? I was like, yeah, I'm definitely going, definitely going. Ever was like, yo, I can't go, but are you going to say I'm definitely going? But um, she made calls to several heads to go, and she pressed them left and right, left and right, left and right. We was on the phone the whole morning, actually, the day of the rally. She was like, where you at? Where you at? You're not there? You're not there? Where you at? Where you at? Where you at? I said, yo, I'm almost there, man. I'm late. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. But um, not for nothing, man. Like last time we had an interview with uh, that mishap person there at the depot. Yeah. That's where we met last time. Um, the security guard that, uh, that's actually a bus operator. <laughs> um, basically, you know, I think not everybody is really fully um, mindset what's going on. Yeah. Um, you're talking about people who actually um, focus on other things and not the matter at hand. Yeah. When it's time to vote, they'll ride up with Rich 100%. Yeah. You know? Um, I think basically we just need to, uh, I would like to myself as well, um, get them more in tune and on speed what's going on, you know, and try and get them on board as long as possible. Yeah. Cause a lot of you guys emotionally have to do it anyway. Yeah. It's just a matter of time. But for now, while they're here, try to get them on, let them stay on, and, and help them push. Because for the Albany trip, I learned a lot. Mm -hmm. I mean, the pension for tier six is going to get worse. They wants to pay more into it uh, in another way that's basically like uh, we're paying $300 a month more into the pension. So when you get paid, what are you really getting paid? You know, and top of that, people who's trying to make things happen, oh, well, they are mm. in the convention. All I hear is just praise about this guy that's the president, you know, and. So it's more like grandstanding when it's supposed to be a serious issue. <laughs> Basically. There's more grandstand. As, as like I said before, you know, walking in there was like my first time seeing a convention for that. Yeah. So my first was like, you know, okay, what's this about? You know, the issue was I got to go. I got to go. I got to go. So I'm going to go. And I went. Mm -hmm. And I saw. I wasn't impressed. I was more upset than anything else. Because <laughs> it was like, you know. And you're a tier six member. Right. All right. So when I walk inside, you got a line for food over here. You got a line here for shirts pamphlets, you know, if you get hurt, call us. It's like one big advertisement. So it's vendors there then? Basically. Anyway, yeah, yeah. One side of the wall, yeah. And uh, a little stress ball. If you get stressed in the job here, squeeze this. Like, <laughs> you know, it's an insult to me. Yeah. But, you know, all you heard was, yo, is Brooklyn in the house? Where's East New York at? Where's Grand? I'm like, we're not here for this. That's What's crazy. So it's, so it's I haven't been in about, I haven't been to Albany with the union now in about eight years. And I can remember, so they sounds like they still do the same nonsense. Where's this deeper at? Where, you know, where this deeper where? Yeah, who's here? Who's and in the house? And they, and, they, and they give them box lunches yeah. with, the, with the sandwich and the potato chips <laughs> and, man, and the apple. Was there. <laughs> I, was, I wasn't there, but it's the same shit. I think, yeah. yeah, basically what it was. Basically it was like one big grown kid field trip. So at what point yep. do we at what point do we get serious? You know what? Not for nothing. When we stop that bullshit. I mean, <laughs> not for nothing. When 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 you ask people when you ask people to go all the way up there and then you don't impress them, 
that's a one-time thing. That's it. I mean, unless you like bus trips, you're not going to go up there and use a day <laughs> if it's not constructive. I mean, I don't want to – listen, I'll tell you one time I went up there, I, and this was actually the, the only lava day I didn't go to because I did have something to do after work, and I wouldn't have been back in time from lobby day. But I usually go, um, even though, you know, it, it, it's like Jay said. And um, – one time, I mean, I said, look, I'm going to prove something because I could never find myself in the lobby day pictures after Samuelson got elected. But I know I'm standing there. So <laughs> one day I put myself right up front. I mean, up front, center, lower step. When the, when the picture came out, I was gone. I <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Photoshopped. I was photoshopped out of there. Wow, man. That's see, cool. see, you know, though, Jay, you should have you told me you was gone, so I could have gave you this. Get the fuck out of here! <laughs> <laughs> but listen, you know, it, it's, it, and it's funny you said it because uh, now within the group, I've looked at certain posts and I've seen certain names, and these people I don't know, but I heard them so much. First things first, Rivera. Okay. Now, he was there. Mm -hmm. As I'm sitting right here, he was at this distance between me and this man right here. Yeah. I saw him. I didn't pay much mind to him. A friend of mine was there, and she was saying he had said something about where's the opposition? They're not here. So she told me about it. Yeah. Now, again, I don't know this man. Yeah. I want to say a lot of things that moment. Mm-hmm. But then somebody said to me, listen, he stutters when he talks. <laughs> I said, just, just watch his mouth. Just watch his mouth. I said, what are you talking about? He said, just, he said listen. He goes, D -d 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 and I'm like, you know what? Okay. I'm going to bother this man. If I bother this man, you know, I'm here for the wrong reasons. It's, it's going to be a problem. But then, you know what? I watched him talk. The side of his mouth. You know when you cold, your teeth start to chatter? Yeah. <laughs> it was that same thing. I was like, okay. You know what? No problem. But to look way out yonder across the room, you see Samuelson in the corner wearing a suit. Mm -hmm. Not a polo shirt. Okay. Shocked. Okay. You're actually on the suit. Okay. But. A suit. <laughs> a suit. Okay. Right. Not a wardrobe. <laughs> a suit. A suit. Right. But this man got so much praise and I can't who the person was, but she sat there as if this guy gave her pipe for years <laughs> to come. He probably cut her a check. He probably did. But it was so much praise to him that the whole room was like loving it. They fed into it. And I didn't see why. What's the point of it? Now I get the point that you have you're fixing tier six. So the question is in that room, what majority is really tier six? And what's not? Mm -hmm. What majority in that room is actually for him is not for him? Mm -hmm. Because my thing is now from the guys who are above me that have time on the job, their thing is that, well, I was once in the past. I start going for this next reason. You know, you go for a bill, there's no number. You go for a bill, there's no bill. Did they have a bill number? Because I'm... I don't know. Wow. Because that's what, that's what they said they was waiting for. You know what it was with me? I lost interest after I got my T-shirts. Wow. Brian, you know about a bill number? Oh, for the tier six? Yeah. No. I, and, and actually, and people were asking me, because I submitted a bill, actually this bill here, to amend the um, Labor Law 190. And also, I believe there may not be a bill number for that either. But um, 
<laughs> yeah, I, you know, I recall when you know they want to, you know, they would we would go up, you know, many years in lobby day, and that we were trying to get to 2050, you know, <laughs> change the t uh, tier four and five to 2050, and instead, uh, when Cuomo came in, of course, he actually gave up the right to redistrict the Senate and get uh, Democrats in the Senate in New York State uh, in order to get tier six. So he used his political capital uh, to else, and not only that, for but for Basically, uh, as for, for political, um, you know, the, the moral commission to, that goes after corrupt politicians, you know, so he also, you know, you know, uh, stopped. Basically, he gave up his, you know, his 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 promises to go after, you know, corruption in, in Albany, and to do you know, proper redistricting in order to rob people like this brother here of, you know, and it's interesting because. In 2009 to today, the stock market has gone up incredibly. Obviously, it dropped, you know, from 2007 into 2009, and there was obviously a lot of money lost. But that money was made up; has been more than made up, uh, no matter what the investment was. So um, there was never any need for tier six, and they knew it even then, I believe. And it was just a fraud. It's just a way to steal from workers. Now I'm glad you said that because yeah. Willie Rivera went on record and said that. The, the the market was bad in 2012, and I'm, we was in a recession in 2012, and I'm like, how? When it ended in 20, 2009, it was done. That's right. Well, the b stock market bottom in 2009 has gone up uh, probably you know three tripled uh, in that time. So. Now let me ask you something. What's your thoughts on Samuelson? Um, that, that's a, that's a great question. I you know I know John, and, and just like you know I, I I get along with John. I and my my disagreement with John, he knows it is. Is he's delegating all his, I believe, all his authority, and that's that's my problem. It's not that John is himself a. I think he's a good person, uh, and he may be, you know, because I guess we are of similar, uh, you know, ethnicity and everything. Uh, but I, I think he's he's a good person. But he, I wish he was running the union. I really do. Who you think running the union? I, I've told you who runs running the union. Uh oh, <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well, let everybody know who's running the union. I'm curious. You myself. want me to say? Yeah, yes. say that shit. That's Where how we. Uh, that's who? who we Yava? Are. <laughs> <laughs> the God, right? Uh, Mr. Downs, of course. Who? Steve Downs. Steve Downs. That's really sad. What's mm -hmm. the puppet? Okay, I'm master. sorry. Well, who's the cool guy? Is this? Oh, well, you don't is. know. He's a retired. He's a retired, oh, uh, three or four years retired, yeah, uh, retired trainer. Train He's never been above um, uh, chairman. I mean, that's a respectable job. And, I, you know, he's fooled a lot of people. I voted for him a couple times. <laughs> and uh, he's an intelligent person. The problem is I, I don't believe he's operating in, at all in the interest of the members. He was the one that stopped the Taylor Law case. He basically, I believe, works for management, unfortunately. And... Uh, people, you know, a lot of people were fooled. He was in this uh, New Directions, uh, you know, back in the last century. And I guess <laughs> well, he was one of the founding members. Yeah, he was of, a founder. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and That's I believe he might be uh, actually uh, COINTELPRO. I, I, you want to know why I believe that? I'm going to tell you why. I just found out that Steve Downs is sitting in an all PDS hearings. All uh, what is it? Sorry. Predisciplinary suspension hearings. Why would he do that? Hmm. It makes no sense. Maybe he thinks he's smarter than everybody. No, he's not saying nothing. He just did well, to observe. I, I, I believe he works with Lenny the Axe, Axelrod, <laughs> and he run, basically runs uh, wow. through through the disciplinary process. He gets, he gets. I believe he's he's responsible for my termination, my made up termination. I, I wouldn't mind going into it. It's very complex, and I don't want to take up your whole this whole show. I, mean, I might have to come back for it. 
but um, they basically in my uh, my um, medical reclassification, they it, they it turns out they well this was somewhat recently they forged my name to a document that says I, I signed away my uh, rights uh, that I was on probation and that I even resigned, which was a you know a false instrument. Uh, they they submitted many false instruments in many of my cases, saying including saying that I was paid. Uh, they owed me about fifty thousand uh, dollars in yeah they did. Uh, in wages, they owed my last two weeks of wages as a station agent, and I had uh, three weeks vacation and 12 sick days and 60 days of 60% sick, and then even uh, whatever that would have been in, whatever the amount would have been in 2016. So, uh, yeah, it was a, it, that's the amount of money they just stopped paying me. These are this is all just gangster level, you know, uh, Gotti style, you know. Um, <laughs> You know, well, I don't I'm even laughing know God because he would, would no, rob his employees no, like this. But, no, I'm you know, laughing because you said Lenny the axe like that. <laughs> well, he—I he, uh, could be clear—he he was at, he, he was at one time a defendant in my uh, RICO case in the Eastern District of New York. The judge did sever him from it, but that case is ongoing. Uh, but he was the one of uh, the people who instructed those supervisors to attack me while I was operating the train, and actually they fired the superintendent who was in between him and the TSSs, but uh, he obviously, and of course Downs, of course, no, you know, no one, not just Downs, but no one in the union has done anything. Uh, they, somebody ordered one of the people who was supposed to uh, come to my uh, workers' comp 120 hearing, which is a discrimination for filing workers' comp cases, uh, ordered that person not to show, and I believe it was the same person. So, you know, basically this individual admitted in front of a, a, another uh, Shop steward, I'm a shop steward. Uh, after the uh, mass meeting, uh, not this year's, but the one I guess we're now, was it 2015, uh, in that December, uh, that uh, that he uh, opposed the Taylor Law case. That he believes he supports the Taylor Law and he's against the right to strike. He did this in front of a witness, and basically to me that means he he's he's he infiltrated this union. Now whether he <coughs> Works for the government or the Koch brothers or the Queen. I don't care, wow. you know. But uh, the fact is, he's anti-union. He's anti-right uh, to strike. If you don't have a right to strike, what, what, is, what is your authority? You're basically a man. You're 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 what they call a yellow dog. You you're you have no power and authority. You're so you a, think you're just a meeting. So you think that Samuelson not calling the strike vote was Downs out there. I believe everything was has been. Uh, <laughs> he has a ghostwriter. You, you you have to understand. I mean, um, you know, I had a good friend. I, I hope maybe maybe I don't want to throw her under the bus, but because uh, uh, she helped me a great deal uh, when I, in the Taylor Law case, uh, Benita Johnson, and uh, she was the one that she used to use the term puppet master, and obviously she was not allowed to run again, and um, you know I realized I didn't even realize immediately who she was speaking about either, and but then I did realize who it was that was running uh, the local. But I believe that you're right, though, because when we ask for the president and for Roger to have a face-off on progressive action, the real president came down here, which That's was right. Steve Downs. Yeah. <laughs> he's the exactly. guest. <laughs> and he stopped everybody else. Why do you think, who do you think is telling everyone else not to come on your show? Oh, Steve Downs, of course. He's the boss. Why, you, you, you just have one mind, and he came on, and he said what he said. So all the all his subordinates, why you know why would he why would they come on? He already had his say, so he feels there's no need for his subordinates as as a retiree. <laughs> 
to, uh, you know, obviously, why shouldn't he be the boss? He but I'm hearing, he won, I'm right? hearing, I'm going to tell you what I'm hearing. I'm hearing that uh, he may be gone soon. Well, unless he's going to be appointed president. <laughs> or he may be gone soon. Well, going to the international? Or just I, I believe he may be going to the international, but he's out of local 100 soon. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. He wasn't supposed to stay past the contract. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. That was the plan. Well, well, he said, but back in 2015, he was only going to stay a few months uh, after he stopped, you know, becoming uh, chairman and, and e-board member. But, uh, you know, he said that at a meeting, at a, you know, a train operator meeting. And, uh, you know, what's a few months? Now it's, a, you know, a year and a half. So. Let me ask you. I'm gonna ask, I want to ask Joe and uh, Brian this. Who do you think he may appoint as the next president? Well, I mean, I'm not totally joking. I think he would like to appoint Downs, but I mean, I guess, you know, maybe we're trying to prevent it right now. That's um, crazy, right? I think, you know, uh, Joe made a good point. Uh, you know, I'm, I've never been a slate person. I was, I have to confess, I was a TBOU member in 2009. I was appointed as a delegate, and, and, I, I, and I originally supported John. And um, even though I was a friend of, of Curtis Tate as well, and I thought he, was a, he would be a good candidate. And I, have not, you know, I think Joe w would be an excellent president. And the fact is, there is no other person running for president next time. Uh, and Joe pointed out he was the second highest uh, vote getter. Uh, I think that's a compelling case right there. What is, what is the alternative argument? I don't know. I think he is, would be, no, have to be uh, the no, most legitimate no. person. We're not talking about... We're but talking what's going to happen? I yeah, who's go, who's go, who was Samuelson appoint? Well, you know, I heard, you know, obviously back before, a while ago, it was, you know, Tony Utano or... Uh, <clears throat> You know, obviously Earl Phillips is in, you know, I mean, there would be, I mean, those would be the two most logical of uh, people, I guess. He has to appoint someone, right? Yeah. I don't know. Are we talking long-term or short-term right now? No, until, I heard that he's not probably going to appoint somebody until after he do something with Tier 6. Now, when I was there, I said a little round guy. I don't know his damn name, but I seen this fat ass, pardon the French, but, uh, shit. Fuck his probably name. Utano. Probably Utano, yeah. Yeah, probably Utano. Was it Gray? Yeah, yeah, mobster looking fellow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Utah, that's, yeah that's soprano. But he don't yeah. say much though. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he, he don't say much. He just yeah, sit nah. there with the droopy eyes like he just finished eating. Eggs black. Yeah, 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 yeah. like the gangster from Ghost Dog. Yeah. That's what yeah. he looks like. Yeah. Now, now, let me tell y'all something. <laughs> Utano was the one trying to get my shop steward status taken away from me. Get out of here. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I, I don't even know what that means. I mean, what? <laughs> what, yeah. what does that mean? It like, all right, look, let's give them the benefit. Well, what, what let's, the let's say, anyway? let's say. I'm a, you know, you don't have any rights as a shop steward. Anyway. <laughs> that, that was one of my no, arguments. But this is the, what they, what, what they trying to strip me of? Yeah. Now, this is my thing. All right, cool. I'll go put it on your desk tomorrow. <laughs> the show not going to stop. Right. The Facebook page not going to stop. stop. <laughs> uh, the, everything y'all do, say y'all do wrong. I'm right. not going to stop talking. About, in fact, I'm going to talk about it more. Like, what are y'all, what, what's your point? You're supposed to stop going to two Broadway in your suits. That's more what ammunition. Also. What's your point? What, what's, what is going to stop? That's more but this show you how petty they are. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You go take my shop, Stuart. Okay, and it don't mean nothing in this place. I know. That's like, like they don't release shop stores to do herons. Like Verizon do. Management right. doesn't. I had a perb a case about this. Management does not recognize shop steward. They made, you know, I would wear, you know, the shop steward pin in my hat and they would make me take, you know, <laughs> oh, what's a shop? There's nothing in a bulletin that says shop steward. We don't recognize, you know, I was told this by TSS and I filed a perb case about it. And, uh, you know, I mean, there is under, un, un, maybe not uh, either in the contract or, or, of course, by management, but there's certainly under the state law, under PERB law as well. Correct. 
you know, recognizes shop stewards as, 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 as union representatives, you know, and sometimes they're even elected. But uh, yeah, in, within, I guess with either within the union and within management, they don't have, there's no staff. My old work. job, I was voted in shop steward. This is the only job where I knew you come take a class and you're a shop steward. Mm -hmm. You pass. Right, yeah. You know what I'm saying? My section, my section voted me in as a shop steward. We had arguments about that um, when, when, when Samuelson first took over and there was some committee and I got put on it. I was still division chair. And it was about, you know, what is a shop steward and how does somebody become one? And my point of view coming from my division was that a shop steward is elected, but a local steward is appointed and, you know, of course, goes through the classes and all that. An elected shop steward doesn't have to go to any class. If, if the gang wants that person to be the shop steward, then they're the shop steward. And in, in, in car equipment, it's usually, you know, in the overhaul shops, you do have a, a committee, but the gangs are separated, you know, by, by uh, responsibility centers. And, and, and they have their own stewards, and those stewards will, you know, try to put out minor fires, you know, among members, you know, if somebody gets in trouble, whatever, job performance, and also handles overtime, keeping track of overtime and canvassing for overtime. And that's, that's the structure that I'm used to as far as shop steward goes. But if they're just going to send you to a class and send you out there, to me, I recognize that as a local steward, which, in other words, it, it gives you, like, an organizing capability. So, like, you would be the person that says, okay, come to family day, come to lobby day, help people sign up for stuff, give them general information, general advice, um, and stay away from representational um, situations with management because if the union's not giving you that power, mm -hmm. like... Like Brian said, that you're not going to be able to 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 do to do that. You're not going to be able to make those decisions. And really, you can anyway. I saw learning here anyway. Being a shop steward, just you got your shop steward certificate. Yeah, yeah. You're a shop steward, and also you got line stewards on the line for buses. Mm -hmm. So I mean, to me, it's like you know, I learned I first came from Rich. If you go to a shop steward, if you go to a shop steward, and you won't go to the boss. Don't go to me after you're done. You got an issue, you come to the office, yeah. do it with me, we'll handle it together. See, but you know it's different with y'all because y'all have union representation in the depot. Right. We don't see our union representation for a year sometimes. Which I read before in the past. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, which to me is kind of like really, I think, more necessity if you guys actually have a shop store on hand. It's a whole bunch of shop stores on hand. But you should have them really in the order where they're actually at use. Yeah, the and not say not at use, yeah. right? Because if you get a phone call at night saying, hey, "I need you to come to work," have an issue at work, come to work. I'm not coming in my bed. It's too late. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, that's that's unfair. Yeah, that's really unfair. I mean, it basically lies like when before somebody got hurt the job for you guys on the RTO side. Okay, when you come, to person's eight at night out of your bed, it actually shows you're doing more than just your job. Correct. As opposed to you saying on the phone, "Well, give me this, yeah. and I'll see you tomorrow." Yeah. Who does that? Yeah. But I believe in RTO because I was talking with um, I was talking with the former representative there, and they said that they have people on on call twenty four hours as far, as far as when something happens on the, as far as RTO is concerned. Well, they do have a rep on call, but you talking about one rep for thousands of people? Thousands of people, yeah, and then it's spread out. I mean, even if it's midnight, you got at least five hundred people, six hundred, probably a thousand people, maybe working the midnights. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's not, if three people get into incidences, then what happened? For example, the two conductors who got assaulted last week, um, he couldn't make it because he was handling a discipline problem. 
You know what I'm saying? So he couldn't come to the assaults because he was handling discipline. Mm -hmm. And that was only three incidences. When I, when I went there, the TSS was like, oh, you the first union rep that showed up. I said, I'm not a union rep. You know what I'm saying? But he was like, you know, it's, it's sad. Y'all getting your ass beat. Four assaults in, on the L line alone within the past couple of weeks. And I just found out it was 20 assaults within two weeks. Wow. And that's only reported to the doctor at 130 or one, wherever, that, wherever they go, 130 Livingston. Yeah, 180. It was, it was 20, 20. So assaults, was it a bit, what type of assaults were they? Were they spit or? I mean, assault is assault. Assault is assault. You know what I mean? That, yeah. The fact that, you know, we don't come to work to get, assault. like Joe said. What'd you say? We don't come to work to get beat up, right? We don't come to work to get beat up. <laughs> no, of course not. How would, you know, the sign, what did the sign say? How would you like to go to work and get beat up? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And, and it, it's sad. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And people, it's going underreported. So as soon as the march finished, then we started getting this person assaulted, this person assaulted. So it's working already. We creating awareness. That's right. So people starting to report it. If people start to report it, then, you know, you create awareness, then we could figure out how we go do it because now we're about to go sit down with the chief of police for subways and we go work this out. You might as well. You know what I mean? Because the union not going to do it. Yeah. So we might as well do it. Like, Somebody go say something stupid to me. Matter of fact, <laughs> somebody go say something stupid to me and say, what the police got to do with um, the assaults? What you mean what the police got to do with the assaults? If they don't catch nobody, then what's the sense of the seven years? You know what I'm saying? What, what, what's the sense of the seven years? The police not determine anything. They supposed to be there to serve a purpose. Nobody should be getting assaulted at Broadway Junction. It's 30 cops downstairs. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's 30 cops downstairs. There should be no assaults at Broadway Junction. Nowhere in that vicinity. That should be a safe net regardless. Of the safest, yep. it's a precinct. There's yep. several that's down. right. There's a precinct down right by <laughs> the turnstile. And there's 30 of them hanging outside, working. Right, hanging outside but the, see, uh, what you call it, the booth, yeah. But see, here's my thing. Now, my last pick, I had the 41 in the morning early. And I always see the same station agent in the booth all the time. This particularly when I was to do the bathroom, and it was a guy at the booth in the window cursing at her through the window. And I stood there and just grew more in anger and rage and wanted just to lunge at him because he was wrong for all the wrong reasons. You can't call somebody at you just off the back, you know, no, asshole, I want this, asshole, no, bitch, give me this, bitch, da 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 da. And I'm watching her face, what she's gonna do next. Because now my, my, now my reaction is this the moment she says something that, Offend you more, I'm gonna lunge at you now. I'm gonna take you out. Mm -hmm. The uniform I right on my back and wearing now at all to me at some point in time it doesn't really stand shit to me because this job is just like I'm here to do my eight and go home. Yeah. But you can't assault somebody verbally and physically and think it's cool. Yeah. Right. You can't do it. Look what happened. Look what happened the other day. A girl on the page said a dude said he gonna light her booth on fire. Yeah, I saw that. That's that's, that's a terrorist threat to me. That oh, is, man. and that's some real movie. That's type that's shit. A, that's a like terrorist threat. Mm -hmm. So what do you do? She said she pushed the um EBV or whatever that thing they got. It's a red button or something like that. I don't know what it is. They got to yeah. press a pedal and press a button, whatever I've, the case I've, is. I've seen it. Yeah. But cops come thirty minutes later. But let a cop call a a a, a um to thirteen. Game over, right? Game Helicopters over. and yeah. shit. Exactly, yeah. Game over. Fighter jets. You know, like when the union called, when the union called the police on us, they was hoping the cops would call a ten thirteen for we go get ignorant with the police. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, it's sad. They should. Yeah. There should be one code. I believe that they should share code. Transit and the police, so the police can't decide 
What's what? Yeah. Yeah. What's what? So it should be. It should come across as a ten thirteen for a transit worker. So. So that's, that's gonna be so, that's gonna be something that we gonna push to the police. Like we need to share the code for when one of us is getting assaulted, y'all treat it like one of y'all own. So we'll see what it was, what it what it really is. The share the code. Y'all be running all day, mm-hmm. but y'all be catching people. True too. That's right. It's not a bad idea. I mean, it's just the fact of uh, not that one person taking that code out of context and using it more. For like a cry wolf. No, but only for assaults. It had something to have to, because then, you know, they could put up a rule. If you didn't get assaulted, then you get in trouble. We can't play with it. We adults. We have a certain level of responsibility that we should come with. Mm-hmm. We professionals. So you can't call and cry wolf 1013 and somebody that's cursed you out. You got to actually be physically um, assaulted, spit on, whatever it may be, 1013. And, and that's funny because, you know what, just the day before the rally or days before the rally, there was a guy at night, a busser from Gleason. I was actually just taking one of my guys home or Flatbush. Now it's about maybe 11 o'clock at night. Now he's driving the bus going towards Kings Plaza to his last layover. Now during this time, there's a guy in the bus he picked up that is pretty much smacked up, whatever he's on, and making <clears throat> threats. I got a gun in my bag, I'll shoot you, I'll fuck you up, all this bullshit. But he saw a cop in front of the bus and got them to come on the bus. Not one cop car, but two was there. Mm-hmm. Handle it. I pulled over to make sure he was all right as an operator. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm good. But the guy made threats talking about, I'll shoot you in my bag. Now, y'all got a button that say call police, right? That button, to me. It's on the floor, yeah. It's on the floor, <clears throat> right. But that button's linked to console as an alarm. Now, when that goes down, and I've heard it several times, console will either go with a bus and say, hey, operator, are you okay? If they don't hear from the operator, they'll put out over the radio patch, anybody near this bus, this location, um, turn the operator, make sure he or she's okay. Yeah, because I did that. I seen a call for police, <laughs> and I, I went to the bus, and I said, you okay? It was a female driver. She mm-hmm. said, yeah, I'm fine. But the thing is that because that pedal, that, that button is so easy to hit by accident, yeah. it's, it's basically it's a nuisance to me. But when I first started and I hit it a few times, no one ever called me. <laughs> At all. Never caught not once. After years came on, I had my accident. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Okay. And that was it. But to me, I think it's a joke. It's like a cab riding around the town. <coughs> the arms like it's flashing. And you look in the car. He's by himself. Nothing's going on. Yeah. Nobody attends it that fast anything else. You know, another thing we have to do on subways and buses, the same way how they do police response times, fire department response times, they need to do transit worker response times when we assaulted, to see how long the police come. And don't let them know it's a drill, don't let them know anything, just to test their response time. Because if it take 30 minutes to come, you'll be dead 10 times over if yep. somebody really yeah. wanted to do That's, something to you. Yeah, mm-hmm. no excuse for that, 30 minutes. You know what I mean? So we gotta do something to particularly um, protect us and, 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 you know. Now let me ask you something, Brian, about this Taylor Law stuff. Is it possible that it could be overturned? Yeah, absolutely. You know, the union sued uh, after the 1980 strike. And um, what happened was they stopped uh, the case. Um, I believe we have an especially strong case to overturn the Taylor Law more than, you know, other uh, public agencies. Because for one thing, of course, the Long Island Railroad and Metro North have a right to strike. 
And uh, in, they fed the root. That's what they said. Well, the thing is, too, uh, the the uh, IRT and the uh, BMT before uh, was became owned by the city, they had a right to strike. Uh, and also, uh, public public transportation agencies throughout the United States have the right to strike. In fact, as far as I'm aware, every single one, other than New York City, there is limits to rights to strike generally in courts for, of course, for police and fire, but. Uh, Railroads throughout the world uh, have a right to strike. And it's only, apparently, as far as I'm aware, again, uh, I could be wrong on this, but I'm, as far as I'm aware, in New York City is the only place that has banned this right for transit workers. Um, and, you know, I, I believe this is an outrageous act. But the, the union did challenge the law in 1980, and they dropped it in order to get the dues checkoff back. In 1980, apparently, was a very short period of time, or relatively short period of time, uh, that they lost the dues check off, and they get, they got some consideration. Obviously, I disagree with their decision, but they they got some for it. Why they didn't do it? What happened? Why I went to court because I didn't think I was the best person. And maybe if Roger comes back on, you could ask him why they didn't sue. Uh, instead, they went to the uh, International Labor Organization, and they did win the case. Uh, they apparently spent as much as a million dollars. The International, and this guy Dean Hubbard uh, tried to ask me to drop the case. Uh, when I was with the law professor and uh, Benita Johnson at a uh, meeting. And um, the thing is, if the union, uh, it, this letter mentions it, if the union decided to do it themselves, I would have preferred that. I mean, I, I'm, you know, I'm not an attorney. Uh, I can never give anybody legal advice. I'm not an attorney. I, and, and obviously, it didn't benefit me any more than it would anybody else. This was proper for the union to do it. Uh, I think Roger would have been an excellent candidate because uh, one of the things I mentioned is there is, um, of course, one of the things I think the outcomes of the Taylor Law is that there is racial disparities between uh, New York City Transit, as you point out, of course, 75% of, of uh, minority background. Uh, Long Island Railroad, Metro North is probably the reverse. I don't know what the yeah, exact numbers. So, um, and they get paid more. So, um, mm -hmm. this is a uh, these uh, di a disparate treatment for similarly situated workers of the same company. You know, we work for the MTA. Obviously, MTA owns the new, you know New York City Transit Authority and the Long Island Railroad Metro North. Now, you know, they're not identical, but they're close enough. I mean, you know, does how different is an engineer than a train operator or a conductor? Of course, you're a conductor. On, on Long Island Railroad versus the conductor and transit is you know it's the jobs are not identical but they're similar and they should be uh, I, I think identical in terms of take home pay and you know I think that the tail law prevents us that that if we had that righteous strike if we had some power we really have no power that that grant us some power that threat management does not perceive us as having even though in my lifetime we've gone on strike three times. Um, you know, they since it's not legal, they don't recognize that. They just think of the arbitrator and that they're going to have a friendly arbitrator, and they'll, they'll they'll just plead poverty, and they put all the money in the capital budget. That's where they steal all the money, you know, for the various mobsters and the two Broadway uh, scams and every other scam they do. It's all stolen out of the capital budget, and then they squeeze the operating budget, you know, and they're bringing in. You know, maybe we want to talk about that. Uh, Robot trains, and I and I believe they're going to be bringing in even robot buses. You know, they have rob they have uh, robot buses now in California. Really? So um, I I've believe seen that's a truck. yeah. Uh, 
going to be the next thing. But of course, I've operated on the L. I, you know, I did the L, the uh, opto, and the, I mean, not well. I did CBTC. opto training and the CBTC mm-hmm. and the uh, uh, ATO. Excuse me, it's been a while. Sorry, uh, the automatic train. You know, where you just push the button and the train goes, mm-hmm. uh, and you do it. Have to do it every twenty seconds, or it will go dumb. But they could just, I believe, with some software changes, they could probably run the L with nobody on. I mean, it would be incredibly dangerous. But they could do it. I mean, they wanted to do it with just, you know, a train operator and no conductor. You know, basically, I would beg to differ as far as um, the job that our members do here at Long Island Railroad and Metro North. Basically, it's the same shit. Okay, basically, it's just it's just um, on a on a different scale. You know, where basically, definitely, we are more productive. And we bring in way more money. We carry way more people. I mean, just earlier today, the, the, um, I was listening to 1010 Wins, and they were talking about how the population has is, is grown. It's 8.5 million residents here in New York City. And basically, on a daily basis, when you talk about um, the people who are here, on a daily basis, you're talking about an easy 10 to 12 million people. When you factor in people that commute here to work from Long Island, from, um, from upstate, from 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 uh, South Jersey, from Pennsylvania, from Connecticut, from every everywhere you could think of, people commute here to come to work, and basically they jump on our system to go back and forth or wherever it is they got to go. So basically, on a daily basis, this city is crowded, crowded to beyond to beyond you can imagine. To where again, in that article that I mentioned about what Governor Cuomo was talking about, it's like there's not enough service. Matter of fact, they got to dump twenty million. They, Talking about dumping twenty million dollars into this um, program, into um, you know trying to upkeep trains and trying to get trains moving even. Quicker. Yeah, but that's bullshit. See, the MTA smartened up. Instead of them, we find the money in their drawers. They go start dumping the, the the money that they didn't have into all these different into, programs. Into all those programs, exactly. So you go bullshit. dump twenty million dollars. That was like a percentage point almost for us. Close to yeah, a, yeah. close to a percentage point. Right. Mm-hmm. End of the summer, they go dump something else. Uh-huh. And then by Christmas, they go dump something else. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, they done dumped a, a nice part of our raise into all these projects, which they had the money for regardless. Regardless, exactly. But like you, like I believe what you said. Downs, working with management, he's a mole to tell management what Samuelson is thinking. I believe Samuelson is down with management also. Oh, Big course. time. Big time. <laughs> Big time. Mr. You MTA board member. Yeah, but right, I, come I, on. I believe that Downs is responsible for the discipline at 2 Broadway. Why would you sit in a PDS hearing and be a silent witness? Yeah. but basically, That's, you that's know, true. Yeah, I agree. But, you know, basically saying that we're more productive and we do way more. So my pet peeve with the disparity in the salaries between us and Long Island Road and Metro North is that our base salary should be more. Our, our members should be making yeah. – our. Our membership here, base salary should be higher because they don't pick up nobody, the bottom line. So basically, that's the problem I have with disparity there. Now, of course, and then the overtime, you know, all of them must don't have no caps because for these track foremans and these people to be making well over $200,000 and $300,000, and these are supervisory capacity. Well, I'm hearing like that with, they, they tracks make 180000 regular. Regular? Yeah. Base salary. Yeah, I'm hearing that that's what they, not base, but that's what they do. They have cookouts, <laughs> like no no BS. I mean, nobody goes. I, I got pic- I got pictures of them having cookouts at work. At work, yeah, doing nothing. At work, yeah, yeah that's I what think, they do. I think yeah. the thing is, uh, on certain days like DOT, if it rains, they don't go on the track. 
It probably is. They just hang out for eight hours. They keep their job secret, man, because you don't really know what goes on of over course, there. You don't know what goes on. <laughs> I got friends then, like, just come over to us. Come down. I was like, nah, I'm not going over there. I'm good. But you know, but basically, <laughs> it's it's like you know, our you know, listen. My thing is, I would love for our base salaries to be higher, of course, and then of course our heavy hitters over here who, who love overtime. You know, I want to see I want to see our members clock two hundred or something thousand dollars. We should. You we right? Should without winding up in the yeah. daily without news about it. <laughs> exactly, like it ain't nothing. But you know, you know what's what's crazy is that. When, let's go back to the assaults. When I looked at the Long Island Railroad assaults, up they was getting an assault like every five hundred something hours, right? We was getting an assault ways every thirty six hours. Yeah, you know That's what I mean. Oh, whoa, whoa. Okay, but assault on what for them? I don't see how they <sighs> they clientele is not like our clientele. Exactly. So assault yeah. for them probably be a little push or That's you, what I'm saying. Exactly. you snatch the ticket out of my hand. I got a paper cut. You know, <laughs> you're, in a good part of, you're in a good part of Long Island where, like, you know, you're untouched, unbothered. And it's no, it's no threat because they, they don't have no cab, right? Do they? Do I mean, mean, they walking. They talking to the public. They getting money from the public. Well, they got to have a cab because they open the dotty over. How do they open the doors? Uh, I mean, they don't hang out of the man. cab. Like I don't ride said. the thing. I have no idea. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. But they got to have a cab to open the doors, but they don't hang out in there like how they make our members do, like how they make y'all do, conductors. Yeah. So basically they walk up and down the car collect, and they collect fares. Yeah. So mm-hmm. but, that's, but that's the excuse, though, they, they say. Right, that's the bullshit. They, yeah. do two, they, they do two titles. Which is Station collect it, fares. Collect fares. And they, they in charge of the train, for real. Like, when the train go BIE, it's not the... Um, train operator as mm-hmm. the conductor. Really? Yeah. That, but that has to get out and see what's going on? Yeah. They have like a semi-RCI status. Yeah. Oh, really? um, yeah, that's also why they say, well, the, they make the, a little more money because the they have like a little the conductor RCI thing going on. They troubleshoot the train. Oh, get out of here. Right, yeah. I heard that because I applied for... Um, <laughs> oh, okay. The they do more the than the engineer? Yeah. yeah, they got a lot of shit to do. <laughs> yeah, if you get stuck to on the track. But how many BIEs really it is? You know what I mean? How many broken rails it is? Right. And how much debris is on those tracks? But another thing they say is that, oh, we got to qualify every year. If we don't qualify, we lose our job. Come on, they giving y'all the answers, man. It's a brotherhood exactly, down there. Exactly. Get the fuck out of here, man. It's hard to get into that place. I tried one time before for a train operator as an engineer, as oh, a yeah. trainee. Okay. It's very hard to get into. Once you get in there, whatever, it's like the process compared to transit is forget about out of this world. Think about this. We can't even get it's a hand. Intense. Wow. We can't even get a hold of one of their schedules. To see what they lunches look like, to see what they recovery time look oh, well, like. I would love to. Damn, <laughs> sure. I, I, I got to reach out to this brother. Matter of fact, I did before he didn't get back to me. I got to reach out to him again to see if I can get it. See if he can get it from his boy. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Give us a few schedules. A few schedules, yeah. yeah. Just yeah. The thing with them is that if you get stuck through the train operator, if you get stuck out, or excuse me, engineer, if you're stuck on a track somewhere, no one comes to your aid. It's just you fixing the issue. The conductor. Uh no, the um, engineer himself. No, the conductor does that. He investigates yeah. everything and does it. When I applied that time, I was advised, because the test they give you was just retired also, but they tell you if you're stuck out there in the track somewhere, you have to figure out what's wrong with the train and fix it. Oh, well. I guess that's why they get paid the big bucks, right? And that's both Long Island Railroad and Metro North? For that time, Long Island Railroad. Long Island Railroad, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. And see, then it's like basically how many tunnels are there? It's very few tunnels. I know, it's like all straightaways. It's I mean, all, and yeah. it's all straightaways, yeah, because I know the one that goes to Atlantic Avenue, you know, I, I know that tunnel, and then Jamaica, 
and then the one the Penn Stations. But other than that, once it gets out to Long Island, everything is outdoors. Yeah. yeah. So there ain't no steel dust. <laughs> I mean, there is steel dust, but you ain't. It's an atmosphere. It's an atmosphere, exactly. So right, and you're not opening and closing the doors every ten blocks. And exactly, you know. I never even hear Long Island Railroad guys put up um, "Rest in Peace" to my coworker that that retired three years ago and died. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. <laughs> us, we retired. You know, it still does beat us up. Mm-hmm. You know, all these cancers and you know the last time. Are you familiar, Brian, with the um, the last health um, survey they had of transit workers that that happened under the Tucson administration? Um. Not so much. I actually, I was a safety representative for a number of years, and I used to write up. Uh, one of the places I was at was City Hall, and I'd see uh, down in the lower level there all the steel dust or so-called steel dust. I think it's really a combination of things from like asbestos, concrete dust, rat uh, feces, and correct dead rats, trash, and other uh, you know lead paint and so on, other toxins uh, all put together. And I would write it up. Uh, every month I would go there and write it up and say this is a safety hazard that people are breathing throughout the system. And, uh, you know, I talked about the steel, you know, so-called steel dust problem for years. They did tests on uh, high school kids in New York City that take the trains, and they have higher certain levels of, of metals in their blood that are similar or identical to what's in the, you know, the so-called steel dust. And it contributes to, uh, you know, asthmas and so on and, and health problems in high school students in, in, in New York City. And, and, of course, all the people who take the trains and, of course, who, all the people that work there. Well, we just found out recently that there's more lead in New York City school water than it is in Flint, Michigan. A lot of schools is testing heavy for lead in, in their water. We had a guy on the show a few weeks ago talking about that. But, you know, I, I, I would love to test the water down here in the, in the subways because I don't believe it's safe. I don't, I, like, when I drink it, it just tastes different. I can't even drink it. I know, right? It's nasty. Yeah. Sometimes you know you don't even want to see the color. Like if you have a white cup, <laughs> you better off yeah, with a brown cup. They don't cup. change the filters on those things. They That's a, they don't change the filters on the trains nowhere. Well, uh, are you talking about like? Um, Oh, that's Joe's department. Let me not throw him up under the bus. AC filters. AC filters get changed basically at every inspection. Um, how often and, do those happen? Yeah, how often? Do uh, eight weeks. But but sometimes like depends on how heavy. The line is, you know, just to make sure they don't care about, you know, air air quality, but they just want to make sure that, like, you know, the car doesn't get hot, so to keep the airflow going. No, but what about the air quality? Do they got those got filters too, right? For the one sixties, the, the, the AC. Oh, that's. I'm talking about AC. AC, filters. all right. Well, the AC filters are supposed to, you know, filter out steel dust. When we take them out, they're black. Mm. They're 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 nasty. Mm. And and like I said, sometimes. Some, you know, some, some yards that are on it, you know, some, some barns that are on it, when the trains are in the yard, the RCIs are out there during downtimes between put-ins and, and whatnot to, to, um, to go out there and change AC filters, especially, you know, if, if it's been a, like a really hot summer and the AC's been running high, they've been sucking in a lot of air, or, you know, cars been running a lot. I mean, when you think about it, and this, was, this, this goes into um, Dan Rivoli's um, recent article about... Matter of fact, I was just about to ask you about that. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw his article. I, I threw a quote in there. He asked me about that like a month yeah. ago. I forgot all about that I article. saw your quote, yeah. But he was putting something together. And I told him, I said, you know, just you know, be careful about who you're attacking, you know, because you, wanna, you, you, want, you want to be truthful. You just don't want to attack to make a point. And I said, when it comes to maintenance, it's not the same as it was a long time ago. I said, first, the, the, the older cars were more resilient because they didn't have 
um, electronics that, um, you know, were, were, were susceptible to heat, dust, um, and of course very complicated. Um, these, these, were, these were all analog systems, controllers, uh, um, you know, high voltage relays for the air conditioning, things like that. They, they, they could take a beating underground. I said, I, I don't believe these cars really should be running underground like we run them, especially like the AC unit where the condenser is releasing the heat six inches. Um, it's got about a six inch clearance and then there's the ceiling. And so the heat has to come, hit the ceiling and come down and around. So those, those AC units, you know, work hard for, as an example, but also like, you know, the electronic, um, you know, uh, the, the ECAM controllers, the controllers are solid state, you know, and the controllers are the ones that, you know, bring you from first point, second point, third point. You the know, master controller. And then, yeah, and then break you. Well, the controller's under the car. The master controller's upstairs where you operate from, but the controller itself that's, 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 that's feeding the motors, um, you know, that, that, that's electronic now. In the old days, it used to be a cam that used to run, click, 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 and it would open and close switches, and that was very reliable under the harsh conditions that we run our cars. Now, another more recent contemporary problem we have is that although we do have a higher uh, population in New York and more people working in New York, and I don't even believe they know how many people live here in New York, um, that pe pe more people are riding the, the trains at night. So the cars don't get to sit up. As many cars don't, don't get to sit up and, and, and lay up for a while. They, they, they have to run more, more service at night, or the cars are full, which means that they're pulling heavier loads at night, which also taxes the air conditioning and the, and the, and the, and the propulsion and braking um, that, that, that in the past it didn't have to. So the breakdowns are going to uh, occur more. So, I mean, how do, how, do you do, how, do you, how do you do that? You know, how do you keep a, a handle on that? Open up your wallet. <laughs> Bring guys in on overtime. I mean, do, 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 do inspections on overtime. Bring guys in, do running repairs on overtime. I can only speak for my department. I can't talk about infrastructure and all that. That's somebody else's department. But I know that if you want, if you, if you want these cars fixed and running, then don't rob the subway of $65 million. Keep that $65 million, Governor Shaggy, and, and, uh, <laughs> and, 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 and pay, us, pay us more to do our job, and we will do it, because we know what we're doing. Yeah, because, see, the ridership is out there, Joe, because I tell you something, man. Every, you know, I tell Tramel at nighttime, when I be driving home, and, and, like, all these cars are out here. Like, where the fuck are all these people? Like, these people don't have jobs? I know, right? Because the midnight like, rush hour. Yeah, right. It's a, it's, it's a rush hour now at a 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. Right, and the, and the subway train come in. You know, I, sometimes I might get on the train at 57th Street or, or Lexington Avenue, and it comes in and it's packed, and it's 1130 at night, you know? And, 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 and there's another train 15 minutes maybe behind it, and it's packed too because you, what, you, you have a, a midnight rush hour, and you have restaurant workers, right, right? Uh, nightlife, any nightlife workers, um, hotel workers, and, and, and there's more and more of that bustling in the city where people are, are, are working, Around the clock, right, and 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 just like you said, basically these guys are these guys are trying to you know tighten up their wallet. They're trying, and it's not theirs. Like I said, I always keep saying it's not theirs, but it's like they want they want these funds to play around with. They want to raid these funds for other stuff. Yeah, the subways could not afford to that sixty five million dollar donation back to Cuomo. That was a, that's an awful move. I mean, that now I know why he's shaggying the whole thing is because. <laughs> 
he's he's he he got he got hit on that. I mean, everybody De Blasio slapped him with it. Um, you know, in their constant political war that Samuelson likes to get in the middle of. Right. And um, and 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 he's right. Now now, Cuomo had said to De Blasio, the city has to chip in more, um, in, in for capital improvements. Right. Whether that's right or not, I don't know. I mean, I don't think that you can you can talk about who's got how many people on the board and say, OK, we got six, you got four. So we're responsible for 60 percent. You're responsible for 40 percent. No, hell no. That's not the way it works. But, you know, de Blasio had to wind up taking that money out of the city coffers because his budget wasn't prepared for that um, to chip in more money for capital programs. So now where did we lose schools, cops, fire, EMS? Right, sanitation, parks. Where did we lose that exactly. money from? Some somebody lost out on Cuomo extorting money from the city. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. It's, it's crazy, but basically, uh, you know, I guess they know they need to. But you know, like, do they know these things? Are they aware of these things? Like when they, you know, like when they made. Okay, like I know that the R in front of the car class name they, it, it stands for railroad contract. I learned that. I learned that a long time, a while back. Yeah. So when they go for these contracts, when they go to look at trains, when they go to these different companies, do they understand that that okay, when you know these trains run underground for a certain amount of time, so they're going to take a beating as far as the components and everything? You know, like do they are the are these people who's in charge of that aware of those things? Do you think? I think that the people that are there are you know educated enough to understand. But what, what's out there, really? And, and you know what the bottom line with this whole thing was? Was, was for it to be maintenance-free after a while? Like they would self-diagnose themselves and, and, and you would just need dummies to fix them? Well, that's not really the case because they don't really diagnose, diagnose themselves that well. And, and, and you still need the same amount of people to fix the equipment. So all you did was just buy more expensive equipment, but you still have the same amount of people fixing it. Now, I'm not complaining. Because broken trains mean work for my guys. Job security. So that's fine. I mean, and, and that's another thing that I told Mr. Rivoli, that I, I'm, not, I'm not out here advocating for trains that, you know, operate 100% and put my guys out of work. I said, but, you know, just honestly speaking, I don't believe these new trains are up to the, up to the task of, of, of operating in a hostile environment the way the old cars were. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, those R32s, it's the 50s. What, they were here way before I was born. I don't think they're going to ever get rid of them. There is no way a 160 can go 50 years. I'm sorry, but I don't see in 2067 <laughs> 160s around. I, I, no, right, exactly. I don't think you're going to see that. No. Yeah, you they could just fix them and uh, save them. a fortune. Yo, the sad thing is you pay. The sad thing is you may see, still see them damn R32s around it. I don't think they're going to ever get rid of those. I know, right? Like the B-52. How old is that plane? You know I mean? It's still flying and dropping bombs. Yeah. Now, yeah. now, the thing about R32s, right? And 32s, 46s, anything old like that, I, I'm not going to say anything about 68s. I don't know if they're affected by this. But it's about getting uh, parts because they don't make parts anymore. And, and a lot of times you're scrounging for stuff. And that's what, that's what keeps them off the road more than, than the breakdowns. Now, for people who don't know, if, if there's p members of the public or anybody, our members listening, R32s is what's on the J line right now, right? The J, not the, the C. The C, too. The C also? Okay. Yeah. So the C and the J line, right. and then the 42s, they got, they got them on the J line, right? Right. 42s, yeah. They, they go through the same problems as 32s. No parts. No parts? Very similar cars. Oh, okay. But, but basically, a, a lot of 
a lot of train operators love them. Did you um, operate the R32s and 42s? Yeah, I've operated all, including even the Redbirds. Uh, The only trains I never operated was the diesels, Uh, but uh, all the SME equipment, all the new uh, trains, I don't know, unless they came out in the last couple of years, uh, you know, I operated all those. And I, and I really like to used to operate the old, you know, the 32s and the 68s and so on. Do you plan on coming back? I, I don't think the transit is going to let me come back. I think they, they want me gone uh, by uh, any means necessary, and uh, they're going to put my life in danger, and, and, my, and the public in danger if I was going to operate a train again. I would love to do it, but they're they not going to let me do it. How about station booth? I don't. I don't know. Um, you know, they they even attacked me in the station. I didn't think they would. I didn't think they could. But they, uh, you know, violate their own rules. Uh, you know, uh, publishing uh, totally false, defamatory articles about me. Uh, they, you know, obviously withhold my pay. You know, I'm, that's, I guess I would. If I came back, I'd be working for free. You know, if if I was, you know, given the green light by my doctors, which they haven't done. But. Um, you know, I love to be able to make a living somewhere. I wanted to just do my job, and maybe I made a mistake being a whistleblower. And I wish, I would have wished the union uh, backed me. Hmm. But obviously, uh, Mr. Downs and others uh, think I should leave, and uh, that you know, basically, I'm, I don't operate in their interests because I do. That's true. I operate in the men, in the members' interests and Correct. the uh, public's interests, and not in. People who work, you know, I don't believe, you know. What he really, what he really meant is that you don't operate in corruption. Exactly. It's all about <laughs> corruption, but it's all power corrupts, absolute power corrupts, you know, absolutely. And, you know, obviously this individual has been seeking power for decades and got power as the behind the scenes uh, druid or whatever you want to call him, the, the puppet master. And, you know, What's I wouldn't puppet? even, I wouldn't even so have had sad. a problem with that. I mean, someone has to do it, right? If he operated in the member's interest. If he was a smart guy and a power and, a, and he used that power in the member's interest, I would be totally for it. You know what's crazy? I would say this guy's the greatest thing in the world, but he's not. He's he's man. He's what everything he does is for management, you and know, I can break it down. Every single thing he's done is to benefit management. I want you to get into that for a second. But what's crazy is that Down started a movement that was sort of like progressive action in a way. Exactly. Yeah. And then he broke apart from that. To work for management, to not to not be in the best, at the least we could say not in the interest of the membership. He came on the show and said we suspended the apprenticeship program. Yeah. Why? Yeah. To save management money. Because where did all that money go? Because contractually, management was supposed to dump the money every year or every three months. It was a few hundred thousand dollars. I think every couple of months or whatever it was. Was that money still getting dumped there? No, they weren't using it. I mean, they, it, it, the one thing that they were trying to tell everybody was, we're going we're gonna to cancel the apprenticeship program, or we're going to suspend it because there's no money budgeted. The contract never budgeted money. The contract doesn't budget money. The contract makes a provision for, 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 for you. Um, whether it, it could be anything. Pick anything out of the contract if it costs money. Management doesn't have to put the budgeted number in the contract. They just have to put the number in the contract. You agree to this, you pay for it, period. We don't care where you get it. I mean, it's the same thing as offering us a raise. We, they don't have to budget it in the contract. They just have <laughs> to say, this is what your raise is going to be. Yeah. 
Right. So that was that was that was the that was the falsehood about the apprenticeship program, and that was Samuelson running that. I mean, probably he's right. Probably Downs. I mean, Downs went from a social-minded progressive person to Doctor Strangelove, and it took like what about? <laughs> it took about what like like a, a few decades, but yeah, he he became Doctor Strangelove. And, um, and, and, you know, running around and, 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 and doing management's bidding. And there was, there's one example that I want to give. And this was uh, a negotiation that I was in when I was still division chair and I was put on a committee for, um, you know, grievance and discipline. And Downs was running that committee. Um, and I still don't know why they think, like, this dude's any kind of expert. But anyway, the, he, he, he was advocating for bringing back the tripartite board. And uh, for anybody that doesn't know... The tripartite board was, was arbitration prior to the Tucson administration. And it, it, it was corruptible. Not, not saying that like everybody that's involved is automatically corrupt, but it was easily corruptible because management, the union, and the neutral party, the arbitrator, would go into a room and decide a member's fate. And you don't know what they're talking about in that room. They could be talking about, okay, you know, do you want Jesus or Barabbas? And, and, and right, so then you're, you're, you're uh, you, you know, if you're out of favor with the union, you know, you're Jesus, and that's it. Um, and they're going to come out and say, sorry, dude, you know, um, I, I, I tried my best for you. So Downs wanted to get up. back to that. Back and, and right, and that's, that's how Roger Toussaint got fired. By, by giving him up and saving somebody else. And, and so you're horse trading members in that, in that way. And I told Mr. Downs that I would oppose that with every fiber of my being if you even think about advocating for this uh, while I'm on this committee. So um, it kind of got dropped because the, the negotiations were a farce anyway back then in 2011 and 12. But, um, but, but that's an example of that, that would be a management's demand. The tripartite board would be something that management wants, but he was trying to justify it that it's a union demand. So we would think, oh, it's a union demand. That's that's good. Let's go for it. And then management would say, sure, no problem. You got it. You know. And this, these are the games they play with us. These are the mind games that the average member don't don't see. And that's why you need reps that are actually advocating for the membership to put a stop to nonsense like that. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you, Brian. Let me hear some of yours reasons why how you think Downs is management? Well, um, I, you know, I've been observing him for, you know, uh, you know, almost the whole time I've been a train operator. And, you know, even some of the alleged socialist um, positions that, in fact, I, I agree with that he holds are basically are, are, so, are positions that would benefit management. Look at what he, his brother went to Albany. They were asking for, which I, I don't have a problem with, uh, is single payer. I think it's a good idea. But the idea that this union is using its political capital to get something that would save management a fortune. I mean, think how much money that would save. That's going to, you know, that's one of the biggest expenses for management is health care. And that would just, you know, absolve them of that. Um, one of the other things he wanted to do was to have... Um, Basically, uh, no fares. Uh, that would eliminate the station agents. Um, everything, you know, and even, you know, which so I, agree, I disagree with that. And uh, even things with the environment. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, transit is, a, is, more, is somewhat green, but, um, you know, with the bikes and so on. But does that really benefit the union, the members that are here now, today? I mean, there's, is, does he, has he ever done anything that benefits the actual union members. I would bring up the issues I've had 
with my workers' compensation. I mean, we, this is, you know, we had the salt mark. When I had a, this substantiated case when I was uh, injured in 2015, I went in front of an administrative law judge. I won the case, and they appealed it. And this is going to be an issue that people who are injured uh, with this, in, in sleep apnea and so on, who are medically reclassified, other injured workers who are assaulted, they, I went a whole year after that, even though I had a substantiated case in front of administrative lodges, and I wasn't paid anything. And this, how, they're going to bankrupt every single person who gets injured. All they have to do is controvert the case. It doesn't matter. They lost once. They lost twice. They still, even after I won in front of the workers' comp board, this is, this is just an option. This is apparently in the workers' comp law 25. And then you combine that with this um, state law 190, they could just stop your pay. Um, basically, you know, it eliminates the contract. They could just, they, basically, we work as charity. They just pay us what they want to pay us when they want to pay us. Mm. And, it, and I only found out about this by them not withholding my pay. And I called the federal government, the Department of Labor. They said, oh, well, we can only get you minimum wage uh, to get everything else, you have to get it out of your State Department of Labor. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I want, I make a little more than that, so let me call them. And they said, the first thing they asked me was, um, do you work for a government agency? I said, yeah, yes, sir, I do. Uh, you know, proudly I do. What is it, why, why would that be a problem? Oh, well, uh, there's a state law. In fact, they pointed to me two laws. In fact, uh, not only mentioning this law, this bill, which I was asked to write, and I did write and submitted it to uh, Mr. Abate, the head of the uh, Government Employees Committee on the Assembly. Um, but there's also a city uh, law as well that, bar that basically says a government agency is not an employer. This is outrageous. Nobody knows. I, I also submitted a article, a letter to the chief, and I maybe ask you guys to sign on to it if I can, you know, if you'd be interested. Um, if you want to look at this letter to the chief, uh, they, they, they refused to, uh, the chief refused to publish this. Now, why, this is something that affects every single reader of the chief. Now, why would the, the head of the chief not want every, everybody who reads the chief, who is a government employee, to know that their basic, their employer is not an employer under New York State law? I mean, this is such an outrageous, crooked law. And what happens is, I, this is just my opinion how this law came into effect, is that it actually benefits unions, if you could believe it, but not union members, if you, if you, if you just go with me. Because everybody here is, is obviously a union activist, and we consider unions and union members to be identical. Correct. This is an instance where it's not the case. Because what happens is the union members, someone like myself, a whistleblower, they're just, I don't know if I'm allowed to use the word rat fuck, but this is exactly what they did. They just, <laughs> yeah, you could use that they, word. They, they just stopped paying me. They could do that to everybody here tomorrow. They're using me as a template to see what they could get away with, what downs in the union will let them get away with. And that creates the past practice. Oh, you did it, we did it with Burke, and you didn't uh, protest, you didn't uh, shut down, you didn't go on strike, you didn't do this, you didn't do that. Okay, so uh, we get to do it to everybody, right? So, but this law, what happens is we have to get paid. We have to go to the union. We have to beg the union to buy a grievance. I filed grievances, of course. I had to file a perb case to get them to hear my grievances. 
And thank, uh, shout out to Brother John Mooney. We actually did a joint uh, purpose. Shout out to Mooney. Um, yeah. But, uh, the yeah. human bullhorn. So this, this, <laughs> this letter to the editor, I'd love to ask, maybe if I could, just I'll try to, you know, read it really quick. Um, okay, to the editor, to the chief leader, at request of assembly member and government employee chair Peter Abate via chief of staff Joe Brady, I do hereby submit attached bill to restore remedy for government employees. For to whom it may concern, I discovered this anomaly when contacting New York State Department of Labor, which I was talking about, wages and hours division due to massive unprecedented wage theft by an employer, New York City Transit Authority. The New York State Department of Labor, who answered the phone, stated due to the word not within New York State Labor Law 190, Section 3 definitions, they are unable to assist me or any other government worker. With, while the genesis or intent of this sentence within said law is unclear, its impact is not. New York City Transit Authority is using this as yet unamended statute to deny remedy to whistleblowing defrauded New York State civil servant and this moral hazard will likely spread to other unethical government employers who according to this law as it stands are not employers. I plan to challenge the constitutionality of this provision under the Equal Protection Clause, which I'm doing already in my Eastern District of New York case. Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment as I have now had standing due to New York City using this provision within their pending motion to dismiss for my case in EDN. Eastern District of New York, 15 CV 1481. I am not an attorney and I'm looking for pro bono or contingency counsel for this case to restore remedy. I did contact the ACLU, but uh, I haven't got, they haven't gotten back to me. Uh, to restore remedy for defrauded government employees. So please feel free to forward this email to any attorney, firm, or organization that'd be willing to assist. And I just put my email, my phone number on there. Uh, so uh, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe you guys could tell me. Is this, is, I mean, is it, <laughs> I'm just shocked at this and at the amount of corruption, because I mean, maybe I think you mentioned corruption. I mean, the corruption is everywhere, brothers and sisters out there. Um, you know, it, it's in the courts, it's in management, it's in, it, you know, it's in the local, it's just about power. It's about basically extracting value from workers. Yeah. That we workers who create the value for them and just want to do our jobs and be left alone, the parasites, whether it's management or the, you know, the billionaire class or whoever it is, it's all about keeping us in our place, and the idea that we we have rights, but we don't have rights. Oh, you have rights until you actually try to use them, and then it's a mirage. Oh, then they pull out these laws. Oh, you're well, you know, your employer is not really an employer, sir. You don't you didn't read the statute. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is this is George Orwell crooked shit. I mean, this is I, I'm just sad, brothers. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you know, the Taylor Law is obviously crooked. Um, you know, it's unconstitutional. I said, I said it was unconstitutional. You could read what I gave you today. Mm -hmm. uh, under 10 different amendments. Obviously, it only has to be <laughs> unconstitutional. <laughs> wow. But, um, you know, uh, obviously, we need a hearing on that. We need to change, of course, the tail law. We need to give uh, uh, government employees in New York State rights. I don't believe that we are chattel. I don't believe we are indentured servants. I believe we are full citizens of the United States and that the 13th and 14th Amendment do apply to government workers. Now, let me ask you, um, as far as the teller law is concerned, could you still, could you pull a job action off of health and safety and not be under the teller law? I think that would be a, a fact-based situation. I mean, are, are you required to work in a situation where it's unsafe? I mean, that, that's, I, I understand what you're saying. Do you, is that, would that be considered a job action under the tail law? I mean, management would try it, and PERB would probably be very friendly to them, as they usually are. But, um, you know, 
That, I mean, I, I, I thought that, that, that Judge Jones would, would, was going to rule in our favor, but, you know, they, he sent Roger to jail. So, um, <laughs> you know, I was out there protesting there in front of the Bernard M. Carrick. Remember that guy? Yeah. yeah. Bernard yeah. M. Carrick. That, the other crook, right? right? That's yeah, the other one yeah. that went to jail, right? Well, that was him. Uh, he might be the next FBI. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's or crazy. Or Giuliani or whatever. <laughs> now, basically, I want to throw in there about the apprenticeship program because that's something that I was thinking about that I, had, that I was thinking about, you know, from time to time. You know, basically, now this upward advancement program that they got, right? Now, I remember asking you about car equipment. What's the requirement to get into car equipment? Uh-huh. Now, with the upward advancement program, they send you to Apex for six months. But now, when you come out of there, what do they do now with, the, you know, with this new program now? Do, you know, do you basically get, in other words, do you still, in order to get the job for, let's, the job for title of car equipment, let's say, do you still need the training for it as far as the journeyman uh, being a mechanic and everything? Do you still need it? No. Yeah, I mean, if, if, if you go to Apex, that means you don't have trade school. And then um, so, so you go to Apex. If you have trade school, you don't have to go to Apex. You go right to the apprenticeship. Now you satisfy the apprenticeship, but you, you work in, in car equipment as a, an apprentice for, for that many years. And then, um, you know, you're, you're given an exam, practical and, um, and, and written. Because sometimes, depending on what they require, it's not really in writing. But um, and then and then you become a car inspector. Right. So that's the way it was. A promotional exam. Right. A promotional exam. Right. That's the way it was under the apprenticeship program that you know that was negotiated under Roger under y'all. But now this new upward advancement program is it still the same way? Where you go to Apex? I haven't seen apprentices in car equipment in a while, so I don't know what they do with them anymore. I, that 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 apex thing is something else now. They send you somewhere else. They send you somewhere else. Okay. Right. Brian, when the last time you spoke to Steve Downs? At the mass meeting. At the mass meeting this he was there? in January. I didn't see him. Yeah, he was, he was running around. He was there. Remember? And uh, yeah, because he pointed out, uh, oh, you, you know, he obviously was very happy. You know, he knew I was because uh, tra- you know I would point out to you, did Transit did send me a termination letter last year okay. that I was terminated from pro- probation, which was weird because I didn't know I was on probation. <laughs> <laughs> and it just turns out there's laws, uh, including uh, I found you know I, I filed cases at the Civil Service Commission uh, uh, in in DCAS, and I found out there's a, a bulletins uh, their bulletins two hundred uh, ten, which says that basically. In situations like this where you are put on probation and you don't pass probation, you go back to your old title. So, um, you know, I, I'll be honest, I, in my heart, I, I, I'll sh- you know, shout out to all my station friends. But, you know, I, w- I was a train operator for, you know, more than halfway through my career already. And, uh, you know, I was, did that well, I thought. Uh, I was never actually actually acted as a station agent. I didn't complete the training. I, I, I did more training, frankly, as a, tra- a trained dispatcher. I was for three whole months. But, uh, you were the trained dispatcher? Yeah, I was. Wow. I hope you guys won't hold it against me. But yeah, I was a supervisor. Uh, you know, I passed you know, the test. And of course, uh, yeah, they hired, you know. They basically, I did it. You know, I, maybe I should say. But, uh, you know, their management was, was harassing me. I was on the extra list. And uh, uh, they were, st- you know, they used to give me switching jobs. That's why I took picked the extra list, so they, but they started to harass me, and they give me road jobs every day all over the place. And it, it's very easy to harass someone on, this, on the extra list, and they just started to do it. And so, you know, uh, I was called for a train dispatcher, so I said, yeah. And so, uh, but uh, no, it, well, one of the problems, too, was two problems when, as a train. 
they made up a two-year probation. They talk about people, you know, SSSA threw everybody on the bus, but it, it was totally illegal because yeah. a my probation le- my promotion letter said one-year probation, and also state law. So uh, they just made up an agreement for people who are not in their uni- or not in their association yet. How can you give back, give up something a right, uh, a statutory right, for uh, members who aren't even part of your union? Yet? That's what I, I don't understand and, how pro. A promotion, you got higher probation. Oh, not only that, brother, I was getting less lower pay. Yeah. <laughs> so that was enough for me. And then, you know, I was kept asking that it was uh, uh, this woman, Jackie Mason. She was the kind of the downs of the SSA at that time. <laughs> and she, uh, every well, time I well, spoke to her, she would give a different uh, 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 answer as to uh, this, you know, first saying, oh, it's, it's, it, we, we overturned it in court. And then she was saying, there was no, you know, it wasn't there. And then she was saying, oh, well, you know, after the second year, all those people who would have been demoted in the second year, they would have been demoted anyway. So everything she said made me lose confidence. And I said, this is, what I, I thought what was going to happen was, it, say, I went past a year, that they were going to demote me in the second year, and then I would come back to train operator and lose my seniority. So, um, you know, I thought that was just a, a, whole, you, a scam. Now, Joe, I ask you a question. Would you, would you, could you reconcile with, reconcile with, um, Downs, or would you tell him, Get the fuck out of here! No, I think he's retired. I think he should stay retired. And, and, and you know, I understand he does have a, uh, uh, you know, which nothing illegal about that to have a, own a home in France, uh, I guess. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> he has a home in France? Yes, I believe he does. Uh, him, 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 him. That's you a know, hell of a I've commute. Been, I've been to France. It's a beautiful country. Wow. Uh, I don't he blew, he blew uh, have anything against the French people. Uh, <laughs> uh, we ain't find uh, out about Sam. I don't, I don't think that makes you a socialist to have a, a you know a, a home in France. But you know, uh, that's I guess that's your point. You know, you know, there's billionaires who claim to be socialists. So I, you know, it's very uh, you know. I guess it, wow. it, it, to me, that's a kind of a cognitive dissonance. But that's the biggest um, news we got on progressive action in a long time. <laughs> so, so, Cuz, when you get elected, and when you when you retire from being the, from running the union, are you going to have a house in Africa? Maybe Puerto Rico. Maybe Puerto Rico. Oh, Puerto, <laughs> yeah. Puerto Rico yeah. Definitely closer. Yeah, a little closer. A little closer. Yeah. Okay. But Joe, listen. Let me. I, I wanted to ask you something because he brought he brought up something that somebody else brought to my attention. Triple SA is an association, and we're a union. Right. What's the difference? How are we? How is it looked at as far as the law and everything is concerned? <clears throat> What's the difference? Like we're a local. Like like unions have locals. Okay. So like there'll be chapters everywhere, and they're just a bargaining uh, unit within itself. You're not going to have like SSSA local two. You know. It's, oh, okay. Right, and. PBA is, is, is like a brotherhood Well, there's a local 106 within TWU. Uh, right. And there's something new, a local 100A, which is new. Yeah, that's the clerks or something? No, 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 no. no. There's that's a management a, benevolent association as well. No, local 100A is the um, Spring Creek. That's what they're trying to break into. That's what they're trying to break yeah. into. They're trying to break into local 100A. What yeah. is that? Yeah. That's probably a downs thing. Yeah, well, that was a, a property that Samuelson tried to raid, and that's, that was one of the things that soured the relationship with Larry Hanley, um, that the TW raiding uh, A2 properties. And it was just basically Samuelson having a tantrum, like he does, because he's a child. And um, <laughs> he, he didn't like that Larry Hanley hired Ed Watt. So to get back at Larry Hanley, he's going to raid his properties. But what, what it is is because Samuelson's ego is so huge, I mean, I don't know what he looks at when he looks in the mirror, but 
he believes wholeheartedly in his head that what he does for himself is important above and beyond anything that it might affect anywhere else, anybody it might affect. And by souring the relationship with the ATU, which is about a third larger than us, you're talking about maybe 350,000 members combined between the TWU and the ATU across the country that wouldn't we serve each other as two very large transit unions, serve our members better in an alliance going um, after you know, legislation and safety uh, issues and everything that we can do on a federal level instead of worrying about Ed Watt. And because, I mean, that's, that kind of bullshit you know, starts that. Now, the letter that Larry Hanley wrote in response to Lombardo's letter with Samuelson crying about Ed Watt being on the show and me and Anita... And I mean, you know, I mean, and I, and I know he's even tired about it. Roger, I don't even know how the he, fuck he got Lombardo to write that shit. To tell you the truth, yeah. where Samuelson could have wrote his own damn letter if he knows how to write, or could have found a secretary to do it. Right. But but the thing was that he writes a letter about me and Ed Watt and Anita and progressive action and all this bullshit. And, and then Larry Hanley writes a letter back saying, "Well, your boys were raiding our properties and you ain't doing shit about it." Or what about when? When um, Samuelson called me up on Saturday night and told me I had to go see de Blasio because he needed to get elected because Vision he zero. couldn't get Vision Zero fixed <laughs> because he burned his fucking bridge with de Blasio, right? Now, all this bullshit going oh, yeah. on, right? I mean, you see that? Yeah. So, yeah. So, so, so the Spring Creek thing, that local 100A, Samuelson's behind that. It was still just to, to try to, uh, to dig Larry Hanley. But instead of, like I said, combining the 350,000 members and creating a powerful transit powerful alliance yeah. throughout the country, which, which, by the way, I thought they were going to do with that um, uh, Move America or something. That thing that they did back in, was it 2010, that JP bullshit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. That Sylvester talk about. Right. We thought that that was going to be something. And actually, you know, when I looked at it, I said, yeah, that's not a bad idea. And I thought that, that something was going to grow on that. And it didn't. Samuelson screwed it all up. Larry Hanley has every right not to trust Samuelson. I mean, and because and, Samuelson proved himself that way. And, um, and, and, and here we are now. We're just 140,000 people. And Samuelson will continue to burn bridges. And the funny thing about it is now that this dude is going national, he's got a whole brand new audience that he's getting ready to disappoint. But they don't know it yet. I mean, it's, the analogy I use is perfect. You go to the used car lot, and that shiny car is sitting there, right? And it looks good. And you open it up, and you can smell the leather, right? And the salesman's telling you how great it is. Yeah, leather's nice, and the radio does this, and, 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 and everything's be beautiful, and it's smooth and quiet. And then you drive it out, and the wheels fall off. But you were fooled. Now, I think we have to watch the rest of the nation get fooled before they realize they made a bad investment in John Samuel. Well, we need to let the rest of the nation into progressive action so they can see how upset transit workers really are yeah. with, with, with John Samuelson. Yeah, and, then, and then basically, I know he's even tighter with Lombardo. Not Lombardo, I'm sorry. He's tight with, more tight with Larry Hanley because Larry Hanley brought Roger on board. Yeah, and that's, that's the whole thing, too, because um, uh, Samuelson takes this stuff personally instead of just you know, going out and doing the, you know, what the members hired him to do. Yeah. They pay him a lot of damn money to do. And um, since he hasn't even gotten started doing it yet, and he's already been paid by us for seven years, that, um, that, that, that he's, he'd rather just you know, settle personal scores <clears throat> and throw tantrums. Now, let me, um, back to what Brian said about us not being employees. He's right, because when we did, my, I, I consider him my Steve Downs, my secret weapon. He's not corrupt, though. 
But when we did our lunch grievance with the Department of Labor, they didn't consider us employees. They considered us civil servants. <laughs> and it's a difference. Yeah, oh, I just point out, um, I don't know if it's, it's getting into real semantics, but actually, it, it technically, it, does, it says the employ, the, what happens is transit's not an employer. I don't know if the law actually says, that's a good question. I don't know if, if that means that we're not employees, so it might be true as well. But it definitely says a government agency, this is in the definitions in New York State Labor Law 190, and I point out to you, I also call out this New York State AFL-CIO. Can you post that in Progressive Action? Yes, I, I actually I did it um, uh, already, but I'll do it. You know, I could do, do it again. again. Yeah, yeah, do it again. I, yeah. c I could do the both the bill and my. Um, I did it uh, today. I, in fact, I did the. I uh, uh, just did the uh, the letter uh, letter to the editor, but I'll put the bill up as well. Um, you know, it's a short <laughs> bill, so it's actually shorter than the letter. Because that's just like I said. Remember, I told you we were talking, and I said people have the mentality that transit gives you a job. No, they don't give you a job. You qualify for the job. Joe qualified to be a car inspector. You qualified to be a train operator. You qualified the bus when you came on. Same with me. And you qualified to be a conductor. They can't. If you qualify, they can't fuck with you. Take it away from you. And, and I point out under New York State law, and I, I don't know if it's common law or, or statutory, but I know that there is a we have a property right to our job. It's actually considered an asset of ours, our own, that we actually own the job in a sense. Obviously, we could lose it for cause, but in, in New York State, in the courts have recognized a property right for civil servants in their jobs. That, that's why you have standing to sue uh, in those instances. Okay, oh. so okay, so what I want to know is now what you just said. Now, basically, again, I can't stand the labor relations department. So what I want to always, again, I always try to figure out and try to wonder, how the hell did they gain so much power the way they could just take members' jobs just like that, 30 days and final? And That's a good fired. question. I, I think the, always the issue, and it, I guess it goes back to Downs, I guess, but it goes to the, <laughs> the issue is, 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 is frankly, the arbitrator. Uh, they, had, they, they had an arbitrator before who, I, I don't know, I, th I was in front of him several times. I don't know how, uh, Joe, or maybe you know him, uh, the old Mr. Edelman. Uh, kind of a uh, Kurt Mungenly guy, but he, he seemed a very honest guy, I thought. I don't know. Um, I won a, a grievance in front of him back, maybe it was in 2007, I guess, me and some others did it at Al, to get members paid for uh, doing uh, wor uh, working training on their RDOs that we were supposed to get time and a half, and we won that grievance. But um, actually, I had another grievance to get um, uh, regarding pick rights and at Al, in the yard, and this, I guess it was Greenblatt that was his baby, that he was putting all the rookies in the yard, and he basically took the pick rights for the uh, uh, substantial number of senior jobs uh, to gave them to these rookies, and I did it. I put in a grievance for that, and they fired the arbitrator right in the middle of our hearing. That's our sound ago. Let me ask you a question real quick before we we go give you a final word. Would you have a debate with Downs on this show? Uh, absolutely. All right. We go I'll call Downs. Contact Downs. Okay. Wake him up. Yeah. Contact Downs, and we'll, I want him and um, Brian on the show. Okay. And we're going to see if he's going to come back on the show. Okay. Yeah, we'll see if he – all right. I'll contact reach him. Reach, reach out, out to him. i reach out to him. But yeah. leave the people with a final word, something real quick. <clears throat> we want you back on the show. You have oh, a, yeah, a, a, a lot of Thank information. You. Oh, yeah. So in the next few weeks, we're going to have you probably two weeks, somewhere around there. Yeah. We'll have you back on the show. All right? Perfect. Perfect. So give us a quick – um, which you want to live, leave um, the people with? 
Well, I just, uh, baby, I, um, I came in here probably to warn members that, um, you know, about being a whistleblower. I found out the hard way that, uh, I, you know, I, I couldn't afford it, and I don't think anybody else can because I think what it is management was, is just trying to show that what, what they're doing to me, whatever they wind up paying in the end. There was also, I didn't even bring it up, but I'll bring it up next time, the, the story about Stephanie Lewis. A former bus operator who was treated actually even worse than me. She di she died. May she rest in peace. She was basically uh, ne negligently homicided by management. But uh, the the terror they 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 can they'll do they'll basically uh, violate every single law in the world uh, if for, to retaliate against uh, whistleblowers. And you know I found out that hard way. All right, we we definitely want to have you back, my boy Jay. Yeah. Will holler the Facebook name. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, I learned something tonight from you guys, and uh, thank you, sir, for the uh, the definite uh, lecture and teachings on that. Um, I will say this though, that you guys are civil service. I am officially not. Why? Because I'm Map Stoa. Oh yeah. We are expendable. Yeah. You know? Yeah, we're not. Uh, so yeah, we're not civil service. Yeah. Right. We're public servants. Yeah. Exactly. Public employees. Yeah. Yeah. There um, you go. There so you. that's definitely something I learned also as well, but. Um, Next time for sure I'll be here and uh, no. Next time let us know. You guys set a schedule with us. You can't because I'm looking at yeah. the door like who yeah, is this like, dude? Like, yeah, yeah, I know. I saw it. I'm like yeah. Yeah, it was it was a thought in mind. I'm gonna come out see my guys and nice see what's going on. I ran to a friend. I was here before you guys got here downstairs. Started talking, catching up, whatever. All right. But um, yeah, I'll be here next time for sure. Um, I definitely actually talk about some things I'm curious about to know and learn more. On. And you guys have that knowledge. So this platform right here definitely needed for me to have to learn more things. Um, I think we are pretty much uh, a force to reckon with when you actually have things to know. You yeah. can't basically, you know, screw you over. Huh. Ammunition is definitely another thing to have when it comes to this job. Know your rights, you know, and uh, you'll be safe and sound. That's how I look at it. There we go. Yeah, definitely. Um, we just need y'all to, to, to vote for Antonio. Manacho, Deval, yeah. Conductors Towers. We gonna be out in the field these next couple of days. He about to do some live videos. Joe, something to say? Elizabeth Rodriguez. Yeah, Liz did, uh, won her protest um, uh, because they were trying to tell her that. And this, you know, the interesting thing was that this was that bylaws that says if you run for top office, you can't run for anything for 18 months, which pretty much puts you in election jail for three years. Mm -hmm. And we 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 took an ambiguous piece of the bylaws and ran with it. And the union was trying to get the uh, neutral monitor to fill in that ambiguous piece with some kind of you know, filler to say, well, the executive board also falls into that realm. But, but that wasn't the case. We, 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 we convinced the uh, neutral monitor that we were right, that the executive board can run um, in a vacated election because it's not division, it's a, it's a separate entity. And she ruled in our favor, so Liz got to run. Um, but they didn't give her extra ballot, um, extra petitioning time. So she has a week, <clears throat> which I, you know, that, that's kind of messed up because that was, that was the union denying her the right to run. And then, you know, she took a, it took a week to get, you know, this argument out. <clears throat> so anyway, she's running. So uh, OA2 has a, has a competition thing going on as well. Um, let me leave you with this. I had, a, I had a bunch of stuff to say, but it's okay, Brian.
Brian, uh, you know, filled everybody in. You got plenty of time to come back, Joe. You know the deal. Come on. Yeah, but yeah. I'm going to have to do this quick uh, in another uh, video because this stuff has to get out right away. But um, one thing I, I did want to say, um, we're going to start a campaign on um, uh, awareness, uh, voter registration, and get out to vote against a New York State uh, convention uh, coming onto the ballot on November 7th. Um, just real quick. You know, it, it, it could affect anything. Opening up the state constitution can, can affect, you know, school funding. Um, can it, well, I'll say that one last. School funding, the environment, um, a whole lot of things that we take for granted. But most importantly for, for public employees and civil servants, pensions. When everybody looks at tier six and says, well, you know, it's tier six and tier six should fight for tier six, fix tier six. The, they can open up the state constitution to make everybody tier six, including existing retirees. So every, and, and, that, and that's probably, a, I'm probably putting it mildly what they could do. They could make everybody MTA bus, you know, which <laughs> yes. is like, you know, uh, a terrible pension compared to even tier six. So what we're going to do is, and we need volunteers and we need people to, to be not just Facebook advocates, but to, to get people registered to vote in locations in quadrants, make sure everybody's registered to vote. I don't care how you register, Republican, independent, doesn't matter to me. Whatever you want to do, you do. But as long as you're registered to vote, then you can vote in, in November to shut down a New York State Constitution convention. All right. Um, Y'all know the rules. Facebook, Progressive Action. Instagram, Progressive Action. Twitter, Progressive Act. Please follow that because we're becoming more active. Um, thanks for tuning in. Went over our time. We got to go. Peace. Right, Next have a, week. Have a good one, everyone. Good night, everyone. Good night.